That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald faced truth. Well, late last night, uh, officials at the Pac-12 conference believed that the University of Oregon was leaning towards staying in the Pac-12 conference or the Pac-9 conference or whatever you wanted to call it. As of this morning, we all know what happened. The University of Oregon and Washington leaving or announcing that they plan to leave for the Big Ten conference. They're doing what a lot of other people in college football are doing. They're chasing the money. They're chasing the exposure. They're looking for a seat at the table in major college football as it moves forward. I'm not here to tell you if it's the right thing or wrong thing, but I want to hear from you. I want to know your reaction to it. Where did it go wrong? What does it mean now for Oregon State, Washington State, and some others in the conference? We'll talk all about it on today's show. I want your phone calls off the top at 503-417-7575. I am uh, feeling a lot today for the fans that are that are in Corvallis, that are in Pullman, as they face a very uncertain future. What happens to Oregon State? What happens to Washington State? We'll look deeply at it on today's show. I'm also thinking about Oregon. I'm thinking about uh, the University of Oregon and Washington, and as, as they move forward as uh, – Uh, Part of a new conference after this season, where will they fare? How will they fare? Did they consider the right things? I have a lot of information that that, uh, is not out there. I know what Oregon was thinking about, what they were considering in the last 24 hours. I told you on yesterday's show that Oregon was the linchpin. They were the glue that was holding the conference together. This was not Washington. Washington was only going to jump if Oregon jumped. This was an Oregon decision. And the Ducks, I'm told, because of their uncertainty or maybe their, their discomfort with the Apple TV deal, their, their uh, concern that the lack of exposure would give them peripheral expenses, their, uh, their decision really to view this as more than I was told by one source at Oregon who was involved in this decision, that it was more than just a three to five or five to seven year decision wasn't even a 10-year decision. It was like a 20-year window that the Ducks were considering. Did they do the right thing? Did they do the right thing by themselves? Like, in the intri- like these universities are supposed to act in their best interest. Did Oregon do the right thing? Did it act in its own best interest today? As John Carl Schultz, the new president at Oregon, informed the Pac-12 presidents that were in the Pac-12 CEO group meeting that uh, they plan to uh, apply for membership to the Big Ten. Did Anna Marie Casse, the president at Washington, do the right thing? Did they do the right thing by student athletes? Did they do the right thing by their fan bases? I don't know. There's a lot of tentacles to this. Uh, and now there are some members who are faced with having to pick up the pieces and have having to move on. 
Um, I, I think there are some interesting byproducts that will happen today, but I want to just open the phone lines. I want to hear from you at 503-417-7575. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Peter Courtney, the former state uh, senator who has often appeared on this show, is interested in popping on. He called me today, and he was just kind of lamenting. I got three phone calls immediately in the wake of the decision. One came from Peter Courtney, who was lamenting the, uh, the notion that it was just unbelievable and inconceivable in his mind to see or think about Oregon going to the Big Ten Conference. Second call came from Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, who reached out, and I, I think there was just some widespread confusion like as, as to like whether or not this was, this was a real deal. Greg Byrne, the Alabama athletic director, reached out to me as well. He, uh, you know, was a former AD in the conference at Arizona. He said that he and Chris Hill, the former Utah AD, and some other former ADs in the conference were all thinking and talking and texting with each other about, you know, what went wrong in the last decade, the 10, 11-year window, and, and frankly, how the conference ended up in the position it is today. I'll get into some of that, what I think caused it. I think George Klyovkov is culpable. I think Larry Scott is culpable. I think the presidents and chancellors are culpable. If you really want to examine where they went wrong, I think Oregon's going to take a whole bunch of blame. I think people are going to be mad at the Ducks. If you're mad at the Ducks, that's okay. But I also kind of recognize that Oregon was backed into a corner where Oregon had to do what was best for Oregon at some point. And if they believe that this is best for them, and I think it's arguable, um, then I think they have to do that. I also was told by a source at Oregon that it was not an, a clear assessment, that it was complicated, that Oregon didn't see necessarily an upside or a downside that was clear and easy. I do think, and tell me if you agree with this, that the contract extension for Dan Lanning that gives him job security and a big raise is an interesting aside and maybe frames the discussions that we're all having today. But this radio show is here for you. I have your back. I want to hear from you. I will always be here for you. As long as I uh, have this platform, uh, it's going to be about you and letting you have a voice as well as myself. But I want to hear from you. 503-417-7575. Your phone calls are welcome today. We'll take a, uh, a whole bunch of them. But, again, the reaction across the conference, uh, a little bit of shock, a little bit of disappointment, and certainly I think some surprise out of the four corner schools where Utah – Arizona, Arizona State woke up today, I am told, believing that they felt, they felt they had the nine votes in the room. They thought Oregon was solid. And, uh, again, with realignment and expansion, um, you don't know what you believe until you see it. And I'm not sure if you can believe people when they tell you something, as you know, I was told over and over in the last year, how solid and unified and all the solidarity and all of that ultimately uh, came down to nine votes today, and Oregon and Washington essentially saying, "Hey, you know what? Um, we are uh, we're out of this." Uh, your phone calls five zero three four one seven seventy five seventy five. Want to jump right out? Sean's in Vancouver. Sean, go ahead. Hey, John. So, you know, for Oregon, this is very much. This isn't about money because, as has been said over and over, money's really not an issue. This is about national brand recognition and getting those national recruits and those uh, transfer portal guys to come in because whatever was left of the Pac-12 were not 
name brand schools that were going to get you those nationally televised games with the national brand recognition. And before I moved here six years ago, I couldn't tell you what Washington's mascot was, but I knew who Oregon's was. So if they want to stay relevant, continue to get the right recruits, they got to play those big names. And whatever was left in the Pac-12 wasn't it anymore. Yeah, I, and I also think, look, you know, you there's two ways to view this. Like, certainly, look, when USC and UCLA left for the Big Ten Conference, they took a lot of criticism, including from the fan bases at Oregon and Washington. So I want those Oregon and Washington fans to kind of remember how they felt when UCLA and USC left. And there was a whole lot of talk about, hey, you don't value the student-athletes. Hey, you're not thinking about the travel. You're not thinking about the pressure that it puts on your respective um, you know, coaching staffs and, and the students themselves, if you want to call them student-athletes. But in the end... There are two paths here. One path was, you know, Oregon and Washington going, hey, we absolutely need a seat at what we think college football is going to look like in 20 years. Let's grab a seat early. And then the second path was, um, hey, let's stay true to the 108-year tradition of the Pac-12 conference. It was founded in 1915, by the way, in downtown Portland, at a hotel in downtown Portland. Um, And Oregon chose that first path. Now, it's not to say that Washington State and Oregon State won't find a way there to major college football, but they have to be incredibly concerned today about their footing. And, you know, we've got multiple reports out there about, you know, Arizona State and Utah now joining forces and applying, uh, saying that they're going to apply for membership to the Big 12. So everybody's just trying to look for a landing spot. I do think the Mountain West Conference is going to look at some Pac-12 schools or maybe the Pac-12 will be able to pull together Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State. Maybe they'll pull together Arizona State and and Utah as well and come up with some semblance of a conference that can manage a media rights deal. But clearly, Oregon and Washington chose an alternate universe today. They went, hey, we want to get into this other universe. It's where we think we belong. College athletics ain't what it used to be. Bruce is in Portland. Bruce, welcome to the conversation. Hey, John. Um, I, I agree with some of what your previous caller said. I think it's all about the recruiting. Um, Oregon definitely has enough money. Uh, the writing's been on the wall for this, John. Everybody knows it. You know, the, the, the system's going to end up with a couple of super conferences. The, pack, the Big Ten needs to recruit a few more West Coast teams or West of the Mississippi teams. They will have an East and a West conference. There will be some realignment with the pack teams playing each other. Hopefully the Civil War stays on tap. You know, some of these rivalry games hopefully don't uh, go by the wayside. I'm a diehard Duck fan. I feel sorry for Beaver fans because they are definitely left out in the cold. I heard something, too, John, to the effect that uh, the Oregon legislature still has to get approved by the state because they're publicly funded schools. And if Oregon State is left out of the deal, there might be some haggling back and forth, and that might create something, you know, as to whether – this whole approval process happens. I mean, UCLA had to go through it, but in the end, you know, the state said, okay. And I think where this all went wrong was our TV deal being delayed. And then in the past, Pac-12 games on 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock at night, West Coast time, nobody on the East Coast is staying up to watch these games, you know, and we're competing against the SEC if we do afternoon games. It's just, it was a, we couldn't win, you know. So by creating a little more exposure, getting into a better conference, I think, you know, it's, it's the writing's on the wall. And if you want to know what's ruining college football, in my opinion, it's TV money and the damn transfer portal and NIL. You know, there's no more loyalty. 
the Pac-12, any conference loyalty and, and history is, is going by the wayside, except maybe the SEC and then a little bit of the Big Ten. But everybody else is going to be on the outside looking in unless you knock on the door and get your foot in the door like now. Otherwise, the train's gone. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's some decisions that are that are going to have to be made. Do you want to belong to, uh, you know, college football as it once was? There may be some conferences that, that partake in that, and there may be some others who say, you know what, um, college football as it once was is dead. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, we're going to have two guests on today's show. And I want you to know about this as a listener because I think this is big. Um, Peter Courtney, the former Senate uh, president of the Oregon Legislator, legislature is going to join us coming up at 324. And Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne wants on the show at 4 o'clock. I think it'll be really interesting to get kind of the perspective of Byrne, especially. And the out, the I mean, the simple therapeutic outrage of Peter Courtney is going to be, uh, I think, worth the listen. I know he called me and he said he was going to the gym just so he could talk to himself earlier. Um, I want to go back to the phone lines. I want to give you some voice here, but this is going to be a wall-to-wall rich show. Brad's in Milwaukee. Brad, welcome to the conversation. Hey, John. Thanks for taking the call. I disagree with that first caller. Oregon's always got one of the top recruiting classes, and I don't think that 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 would have changed. What I want to know, though, John, is, and I want you to effort getting Phil Knight on. What does Phil Knight think of this? He's got to be torn. I mean, it might be better for the Ducks competitive-wise, but he's the, the biggest Oregon alumni. Yeah, and a, a, a native Oregonian who, you know, it, it's really interesting because I was thinking about Phil Knight in the last 24 hours. Because yesterday, you know, we talked all about path to the playoff being very important to Oregon, getting Phil Knight a return on his investment. He's also visionary, and he's also not a selfish person. You know, I, I think when you look at Phil Knight, you think about him selling sneakers out of his trunk forming Nike into a company. But you also, I think, have to think about the fact that, you know, he's a guy who has always been able to look around the corner um, and could not have been happy to see Oregon get left behind as it pertained to membership in the Big Ten Conference when UCLA and USC became part of it. So I think, uh, you know, Phil Knight definitely had a vote in this. And I would have to think that Oregon and perhaps Oregon's flip-flop today had a little bit to do with uh, Phil Knight giving the blessing. I don't know if it was his decision ultimately that, that flipped it, but I do know Oregon's not going to do anything that Phil Knight's not okay with. And I think um, ultimately when you look at that, um, you know, you have to. That brand, that TV deal that was there from Apple, you know, I was told by sources at Oregon that they were looking at the peripheral damage the costs that were going to be incurred if the Apple deal didn't pan out. And there were just some there was some concern from the Oregon camp. And I understand that. But uh, the decision being made today is Oregon and the Big Ten Conference, uh, you know, uh, lining up and at least shaking hands with a deal in principle. Is there a Hail Mary out there for the Pac-12? That was the word that I got as they broke the meeting this morning, that they were looking for a Hail Mary. But, um, you know, I'm sure that uh, everybody else seems to be running for the hills at this point. Edgar's in Eugene, listening on Fox Sports Eugene. Welcome. Hey, John. I just wanted to 
give my two cents on this real quickly. Uh, so, I, honestly, this all started with the tenure of Larry Scott. Um, just he completely mismanaged the the whole conference, um, you know, and really just everything that's happened in the past 10 years under his tenure is led us to this. And also, you know, um, I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name, uh, the new commissioner, Kleikoff, he, I don't know, he, to me, he, he, he talked a big game, but he, I don't, I never believed that he actually knew what he was doing, I guess, in the sense when it came to the TV deal. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's exciting because college football is changing, and I think that this, oh, at the end of the day, this is good for all the schools involved money-wise, but I think in terms of hanging on to that tradition of having those conferences like the Pac-12 and being how it was back, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, it's, 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 it's a little sad to see that go, um, but it will be interesting to see how how this all pans out. As a, as a UCLA fan and as a college football fan, I'm excited about this, but it also means I'm also a little bit sad because, you know, yeah. some of the stuff that from before is now, is now gone. I appreciate it, Edgar and Eugene. Um, I, I wonder how many fans will care a little less. I, I kind of wonder about that because I've heard, and my email inbox is just filled with hundreds of emails from Pac-12 fans. My phone is filled up with text messages from former Pac-12 athletes like Damon Stoudemire who are lamenting the loss of the conference that you know they helped build. And saying, like, what went wrong? What were the things? We'll talk all about that. Greg Byrne, the, the Alabama athletic director, is going to join us at 4 o'clock. He is the former AD at the University of Arizona. He worked at both Oregon and Oregon State at different times. And he was a guy that I, uh, I sort of regarded as a, a candidate to maybe one day be commissioner of the Pac-12. He is probably lamenting that as well. Marcus is calling from Dallas, Texas. Marcus, what's up, man? What's up, man? Been a while. Yeah, the thing that I would say, uh, and some blame to go around, this started way more upstream. I think if you go back to when, down here, when Texas and Oklahoma bailed out and went to the SEC, I think that started an arms race. I think that the Big Ten was then like, okay, we need to keep up now. Let's go get UCLA. Let's go get USC. Let's go get Oregon. Let's go get Washington. I think it all started then, and it goes back to your old saying, show business, not show friends. I don't want to see Oregon play Purdue or Rutgers or Iowa or any of these other things. I want to see us play Oregon State and Washington State and all that other stuff. So it's a sad day, but I think Oregon and Washington would have been left holding the bag in three to five years if they wouldn't have made this move now. And if they would have said no today, they probably don't have the same offer three to five years from now. I think the Big Ten would pivot and go another way. So. A sad day, but I, I just don't see a, another way that this could have gone for Oregon and Washington if, you, if you're looking for the long-term health of the programs. I appreciate it. Love hearing your voice, my friend. Call in again. Uh, Roy is in Portland. Roy, how do you read this? Hello, John. You're on. Yep, you're on. I think it's a bad day. I honestly didn't think the Big Ten would, would take Oregon and Washington. To me, it still doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but... I mean, as an SEC fan, I grew to like the the, 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 the Pac-12, man. I like the rivalries, man, over the years, man. It's just a sad day that that conference is gone, man. It's just it's, – it's, it doesn't to me, it just doesn't make sense, man. As an SEC fan, I know if I'm in Georgia, living in Georgia, I can drive to all my rivals. I can drive to Auburn, Alabama. I can drive to Clemson, South Carolina. It's an hour away from Athens. I can drive to – 
uh, uh, Alabama, uh, Tuscaloosa. Uh, I can drive to G- uh, uh, Gainesville, Florida. You know, what are you guys going to do? You can't drive to uh, Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, King, or Columbus, Ohio. Or well, how's that drive from um, <laughs> to Indiana or the West Lafayette? Yeah. yeah. You think that's going to be fun for you guys? I mean, I just uh, – it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you had, I guess you had to do what you had to do, but I think in the long run, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to work out in the long run. It'll be really the interesting. teams that, that yeah. play, they're all in the Midwest, right? And I'm Mo- looking at their schedule. Yeah. Like, they have, like, a dedicated – like, every year, Illinois is going to play Northwestern and Purdue. Who is Oregon going to play every year? Who is their natural rival? Well, I think the I think they're going to line them up against Oregon and Washington and UCLA and USC in kind of a pod in the West. Um, I think that uh, also you're going to see um, you're going to see. You know, I was looking at Penn State's arrival in the Big Ten. Penn State it was you know started playing in the Big Ten conference when when I was covering the Big Ten, and in the last 25 years, Penn State has defeated Michigan and Ohio State both in the same season one time, 2008, once. Every other time they're 0-2 or 1-1 or 0-1, and and it's it's, uh, really disappointing, I think, uh, from that standpoint. Like, I I just think it's a a defection. Like, I don't want to, like, wholeheartedly blame Oregon and Washington because it's a – they're just – they're choosing to do what UCLA, USC did. They're choosing to do what Texas and Oklahoma did. They're choosing to do what other members of college football think college football is supposed to be. I think what we really have is a fundamental discussion about what should college football be. Should it be college towns and rivalries and history and geography dictating your conference? Trevor is in Salt Lake City. Trevor, what's the mood in Salt Lake? Well, I'm I'm a native Oregonian. I uh, graduated from Oregon State, so I'm I'm kind of out here on my own. But uh, I, I you started the show today, John, and taking some calls from Oregon fans, and all of them were talking about recruiting and building a national brand. And I just don't understand that logic because the way that you build a brand and get national recruits is by getting to the playoff and playing for a national championship, and. I don't understand why Oregon fans think that they have an easier path to the playoff or a better path to the playoff in the Big Ten versus the Pac-12 had they stayed together. It's not inconceivable, in my opinion, that if the Pac had remained together, Oregon could have gone to the playoff every other year. And by going to the playoff every other year, at least, they would have gotten those national recruits and they would have gotten that brand recognition and they would have been able to build their brand and potentially monetize that to get even more money. So these fans, I just don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah, there is, uh, I think, a real disconnect between the the fans who, even Oregon fans and Washington fans, who want the program to play the best schools and be included in the, what they perceive to be a premium conference that is moving somewhere meaningful, and the fans who are going, well, wait a minute, this is not the college football I grew up on. Uh, our next guest, Peter Courtney, is not short on words or passion. You continue to hold. The phone lines are lit up with Ken and Gary and Michael and Matt and Chad and Trevor and so many others. We're going to get your voices on the show. Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, wants on at 4 o'clock. Damon Stoudemire is texting me. He says that he feels 
awful about where it is. He said, quote, really disappointed at the conference. In the end, they never figured it out, end quote. I want more of your calls, and stay tuned. you got the BFT statewide. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. A lot of fans in uh, Pullman, Washington, Corvallis, Oregon, uh, wondering what comes next for their programs. We'll get to that. Um, I, uh, um, we will have Greg Byrne, the Alabama Athletic Director, on the show at 4 o'clock. I'm going to take a ton of your phone calls. A lot of people want on today's show. It's going to be one of those shows. I'll tell you what I know as it unfolds, as it pertains to the Pac-12 Again, uh, if you're if you're just waking from a coma, University of Oregon and Washington have informed the Pac-12 conference that they are leaving for the Big Ten conference. It will happen effective July 1st, 2024. So this is the last college football season for the Pac-12 conference as you know it. Here to talk about it, longtime lawmaker Peter Courtney, who gave so much of his life to uh, establishing laws and working as a state senator here in the state of Oregon. He's the former president of the state Senate, and uh, he's got some thoughts on this. What was your reaction, Peter Courtney? I, uh, uh, it broke my heart, number one. Uh, I don't, I mean, everything in sports that I like was bashed in the head with this move. Uh, accountability, loyalty, uh, concern for people who spend any dime they have to go to our games and watch a program. All that is meaningless now. Uh, this conference was, what, 100, over 100 years old. Uh, it's the West uh, and the Ducks and the Beavers. Very good schools, very strong. Uh, Oregon could have not done this and stayed where she is. Instead, she chooses to go and be just another college, another program in the Pac-10, just another one. And i got to tell you, I don't know how you talk to young people and get them through this in a way that's honorable. I don't know how you do it. It's like for the money, anything goes. For the national championship, if that's what you want, anything goes. So I have to say there's not a person that I've talked to today, John, I talked to beavers and ducks that isn't Many of them are just in a daze, and I guess that's the way I should put it. I have a hard time wrapping my head around the Pac-12 as we once know it, knew it, founded in downtown Portland, 1915, 108 years of history. I have a hard time with the history not mattering. And, and universities, not just Oregon and Washington, UCLA, USC, Oklahoma, Texas, universities chasing the television money, at all costs and allowing Fox to to own everything it's uh, it's hard to imagine the Pac-12 without Oregon in it not only is it hard to imagine we don't know what's going to happen to our sister or brother school Oregon State they're desperately trying to figure out their situation and I've often said recently Oregon State is more Oregon than Oregon is Oregon and Oregon just proved it today and so I'm now concerned about Oregon State. 
uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. And I have to agree, like, New Year's Day will not be the same. I mean, you know, the Rose Parade, everything, big stadium, it won't be the same. And I don't, I mean, I just don't have the emotional feeling in me that when I watch a game in the future when Oregon's involved, that I'm going to be as emotional about it, winning and losing, as I have been. I just can't be. Uh, they've decided to desert the ship. And I don't, you know, well, it's about money, Peter. You know, you know, if, if, if money's everything, okay. Well, it's about winning the national championship. Well, okay. But not okay. Not okay. So, I don't know. Um, I uh, probably am not a good person for you to call today because uh, I'm trying to keep from being angry. I'm hurt and heartbroken more than anything else. Peter Courtney with us, former president of the Oregon Senate, longtime lawmaker. I know you weren't born in Oregon, but how many years did you how many years have you worked here and lived here? July 9th, 1969 is when I set foot in Oregon. Uh, I didn't know what football really was until I started to watch your games. I didn't understand um, you know rivalries till I watched Oregon Oregon State. I I, I came up with a brand-new world out here in 50 years. And I may not be a native, but I'm naturalized Oregonian. I'll tell you that. And I, I, if I were in the legislature now and we were in session today, I'd probably get myself in a lot of trouble from the podium saying things because I don't see anybody in the political world, anybody in the presidents of presidents of college or university world, Anybody on the boards of education saying anything. Maybe you've got the interviews. Maybe they've told you. But I haven't seen anybody in all those worlds going crazy over this. And i got to wonder, what is higher ed all about? What are college sports all about? Apparently, it's only one thing. Money. Money, 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 money. Let me ask you this. From a lawmaker's perspective, the Oregon State Legislature um, you have a major university making a unilateral decision that could impact Oregon's budget, Oregon State's fundraising. Uh, certainly their revenue will be affected negatively by what's happening. You're, they you had the ability to get you know $25 million in revenue from the TV deal that was on the table from the Pac-12. If they end up in the Mountain West, that number could be $8.5 million. Um, is, is there legal recourse in your mind for Oregon State? Well, I don't know, but they ought to act like there is, because I've been thinking about this since I learned about this. You'd think that you cannot do this with public universities unless somebody reviews them and goes along with them, i.e. a governor, i.e. the legislature. I'm very serious about that. Do you know how many millions in bonding and everything that we allocate every legislative session to help these schools? And we go on and on and on, and they have to come to us for those approvals. And with something like this, they don't say a word. I don't know. I simply am dumbfounded that there's no process, no institution that says you don't do any of this until you get approval from these sources. And I think that Oregon State, to be wrong here, John, ought to go full bore and make sure that they're doing everything they can, I think they will, to protect themselves from this arbitrary, capricious, mean-spirited move. Now I'm getting mad. I like you fired up. 
I want to know, you know, if if there is recourse, will it be like in your mind USC and excuse me UCLA having to pay calimony to Cal, um, and uh, it, you know as you move forward, um, you know will it be something akin to that, or could they force Oregon to reverse course? I keep thinking you can force them, but I thought that about UCLA, and I thought about that a lot of them, and nobody's done it. Now, I don't know if anybody's tried it, but they haven't done it. There's not a, I mean, I, I haven't seen a single politician pitch a fit when the school was going to do something like this and go demonstrate in some way at the door of the college or the door of their athletic dorms or whatever. I haven't seen it. And I don't know whether they're board of directors or whoever it is telling them, but you got to understand we're making millions of dollars on this. And, you know, money is everything. We need, more, we need money more than we need students, professors, and everybody else. That's a bit sarcastic, and probably I shouldn't have said that. But I, I think in the end it's a matter of money, and that's why you get your different types of key players deciding not just to live with it, just to live with it. Peter Courtney, uh, I appreciate you making time for us. I know you were headed to the gym earlier so you could hear yourself uh, talk. Um, did you blow off some steam? You get, a, you get enough of it, or you, you need to go back now? Well, because I got a call asking me to be on a radio show, and I said, uh, I've been waiting to be on the radio. <laughs> I haven't even been to the gym, and now I'm more in need of it than ever. Nerd. In fact, I, don't, I need more than a gym. I think I need counseling right now. Well, listen to this radio show while you're at the gym. Uh, we got a lot of catharsis going on with callers, and yours included. Peter Courtney, thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. All right, there he is, the former president of the Oregon Senate, retired just this last year, uh, or earlier this year, rather. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Michael is in Eugene, listening on Fox Sports Eugene. The number's 503-417-7575. John. Uh, I guess not your last interview at Big Ten Media Day with Chip Kelly, huh? Like you said, right? Yep. <laughs> now, I'm not here to – look, I am not happy about this, but I am going to defend Oregon because Judas, if you're looking to throw rocks, look at the USC and UCLA – USC's administrators, Fox and Commissioner Warren in the Big Ten, they were Judas – Oregon tried to keep the band together. There's too much collective investment. You've been to the Hatfield-Dallin complex. Did you think Phil Knight was going to risk the possibility of Oregon ever being relegated after he's not here? I don't like it. Maybe they moved the Big Ten title game to the Rose Bowl. We will still play our traditional rivals, at least some of them, but we did not create this. The presidents and the two buffoon commissioners, Larry and now George, who really did not have a good hand to play, they would be administrators of this liquefaction of the conference. Oregon State, Washington State, of course, would have done the exact same thing. And it is about the long-term viability of the brand and we just have put too much into it. And I promise that Phil Knight blessed it. I don't like it. I don't want to be Premier League soccer. I wanted to be Clemson West. But when Dion 
took Colorado, and then Arizona is playing footsie, and Klyovkov shows up with a watered-down, hopeful television deal. That's how we got into this mess with Larry Scott not giving ESPN the right to run the network. Anyone with a gun to their head protecting their investments would have done the exact same thing. I feel terrible for Oregon State, but Oregon did not create this mess. We did help create the arms race with Nike and our facilities, and because of that, we can't be left out. We have to be at the high-stakes poker table. Thanks, Mike and Eugene. Uh, look, I think uh, I made that point today, and I wrote twice today. I wrote once about the inner workings of the deal, what happened, what went wrong. Um, you know, there, as I told you yesterday, and it held up this morning, I was told as the CEO group approached the meeting this morning that Arizona and Arizona State had informed the conference and other members of the conference and the CEO group that they were on board. They were willing to sign a grant of rights and stay in the conference. They did not want to be responsible for breaking up the conference. Something changed with Oregon. And I'm told that the assessment by Oregon was a complex one, that on one hand they were weighing the idea that there was Apple involved, the deal appeared to give them $25 million in, in uh, distributions, there was some risk in year one, year two, but uh, there was some upside as well. Oregon was also inquiring about a, a potential Lionel Messi deal with Apple. You know, remember Messi went to Miami. The MLS deal with uh, Apple was already done, and all of a sudden Apple layered on, hey, Messi gets a percentage of the subscriptions, and it ended up being a, uh, a big win for Messi. I, I believe Oregon was pursuing that kind of deal in the, in the 11th hour to try to see if, the, if, if Apple valued them. Um, ultimately, I think... The uncertainty of the Apple deal and Oregon taking a 20-year view instead of a five-year view is what tipped this. More of your phone calls. The lines are jam-jacked and loaded. I want your calls. Stay tuned. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Busy day today, obviously. I want your phone calls. Uh, read me at johnconzano.com. I'm glad you're here for the show. Uh, we've got you covered here. I want a lot of voices on the show. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Greg Byrne, the Alabama Athletic Director. He will be with us. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go out to Gresham. Ken's in Gresham. Ken, thank you. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, a, quick, a quick couple questions um, before I, I respond. One is, now with all the switching going on, does the uh, TV network still have holes to fill within their programming uh, for the Pacific time zone? Yeah, there are still some holes. ESPN, probably the likely bidder. But, you know, Fox, and that's kind of what you're alluding to, that maybe there's some dollars out there. Is that right, Ken? Yeah, basically, yeah. So, okay. you know, <clears throat> first, uh, um, Oregon needs to pay the Beavers. And what better way to pay than to uh, – help out with the bond or to help pay off the new stadium. Let's get that done. Second, um, I think the Beavers and the, uh, the Cougs should get together and collude uh, <clears throat> against Fox and ESPN the way Fox and ESPN collude to create the super conference. 
It's a sad day for the conference. It, it really is going to be a sad day for the Ducks because project out 15 years from now, the Ducks are where Nike was in the early 80s. Remember the early 80s? What saved Nike? Nike was circling the drain, and then a guy came along called Michael Jordan. So where's Michael Jordan for the Ducks now? 15 years from now, Phil Knight's not going to be around. The money that he's going to spend, he'll put it into a trust, just like the guy that did it, the oil tycoon did it for Oklahoma State. Where's Oklahoma State today? Eight and four, nine and three. How many recruits are going to come when you're eight and four consistently? You haven't beaten Penn State. You haven't beaten USC. You haven't beaten Washington, or at best, you spit with those guys. We haven't even talked about Michigan. We haven't even talked about Michigan State. We haven't talked about Ohio State. Stupid, stupid move. And for the money, just absolutely ridiculous. And then the next cycle coming around, streaming is going to be more important than ESPN and Fox. Yeah, yeah so. it's all going there. It's all going there. Thanks, Ken. Ken's upset. Ken's fired up. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, will Oregon and Oregon State play each other? Well, Oregon's news release that they sent out uh, to announce the Big Ten Conference uh, said that, uh, quote, in the coming years, the UL will prioritize the long-held traditions, including competition across all sports with Oregon State. Um, that alliance puts, uh, puts uh, UL student-athletes on a national stage, um, so they're saying they'll prioritize it. Nick Daschle of the Oregonian uh, got a quote from Scott Barnes. He is not happy. The uh, Oregon State Athletic Director uh, fired up uh, telling Nick Daschle, uh, quote, I'm furious. The best interest of the student-athlete has not been served, end quote. Um, so there you have the range of emotion. I want your thoughts as well. Josh is in Vancouver. Josh, welcome. Hey. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, you're on. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, I'm actually from Corvallis, but um, I'm driving okay. home. Here's the thing. I, I cannot believe that's what Oregon says. Do you think Oregon State's going to even have a chance with a $5 million, $3 million budget compared to their $30, $40 million to even be competitive in a Civil War series? I, I have no interest in even being a part of that garbage. You know, the, the most frustrating thing about this for me is that Pat Kilkenny, just the other day, I read this, said, people... I'm losing you there. You're breaking up. I know you're fired up. Uh, I want more calls. Scott's in Sherwood. Scott, go ahead. Yeah, I, as a duck season ticket holder, I was not ready to get rid of my tickets because they got so expensive, but I'm looking at the games in two years are going to be unbelievable at home. But my other statement is keep the politicians out of this, John. They just do not have any idea what they're doing they've messed up everything in the state paul allen had to build a stadium they've never helped get a professional franchise in here so just please keep keep them out that's all i have to say i, I appreciate, appreciate the show thank you yeah you too i appreciate you calling in you know you're entitled to your viewpoint but i do think the lawmakers will have a say in this and uh, give them about give them about four hours uh, you know that you know once they get around to realizing uh, the attention that this gets, they will step forward in one fashion or another. I'm really curious, though, if Oregon did consult with anybody on that front um, about their potential move. I don't. I doubt they did. Nisha's in Salem. Nish, what's up? Hey, so that comment by them just gave me a third thing I was going to say. Um, Virginia, Virginia Tech is an example of the lawmakers getting involved and 
saving one to get both into the their move when they all moved recently. Mm-hmm. But the reason I was actually calling is everybody keeps pointing back to Larry Scott, all this stuff. This is that's not what happened. Started this whole downfall for, for the Pac-12. It all goes back to the the sanctions that got put on USC. Everybody else had that entire time to make the conference relevant nationally. And what did the conference do? Nothing until USC was able to compete again, and now people are wanting to get that interested. So just like when USC and UCLA left and Pac-12 fans got mad, I had to go, well, it's a fight for relevance. Forget the money. Forget the other stuff. They're trying to be relevant, which you pointed out with Oregon. And the second thing is if I hear one more person complain about, oh, the tradition of the Rose Bowl is dead, how could they do that to the Rose Bowl? Newsflash, the Big Ten hasn't cared about the Rose Bowl since the playoffs started. That's a consolation game. So the mm-hmm. tradition isn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, look at the Rose Bowl from a year ago. You got your conference champion in the Pac-12 playing the uh, third or fourth place team. Uh, from uh, from the pack, uh, excuse me, from the Big Ten Conference. Brad's and Sandy, go ahead. Brad, you're on. Hey, John. A couple things for you. One, 1956. 1956 is the last time Oregon State has won anything outright in the pack. Anything. Okay. 2006 is the last time Oregon State has won a 10 game season. I think little brother showing up a little late to the table. They're not. They don't have what it takes to go to the Big Ten. I'm sorry. It's not our fault. It's not our problem. I think that program, football program at Oregon State, they should have taken care of that long, long time ago. Got rid of Mike Riley years and years before. I don't know, Brad. I, Oregon, I can hear Oregon State fan now yelling at their radio uh, Civil War game last year, 10-win season. You know, like, I yeah, get what you're saying. Yeah, last year was the first time. That's what I was saying is last year is the yeah. first time they've won 10 games since 2006. Yeah, you know, and I get that the program is picking up steam, but I think as we're seeing right in front of us, yeah. it's a little late. Yeah, eh, I don't know if it's there was years for Oregon where Oregon wasn't so good, uh, and I understand what you're saying. You're you're an Oregon fan, and uh, Oregon's moving to the Big Ten, but I I think Oregon State fan and Washington State fan and Stanford fan and Cal fan are all entitled to shake their fist today. Um, and you know, I'm not saying they wouldn't have done the same damn thing. If the money were there for them, leave it here. BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with a bald faced truth. Shape shifting day in college athletics, not just the Pac 12, all of college athletics. Rubbernecking on this watching realignment and expansion and a frenzy now in the pacific time zone mountain time zone is arizona state and utah looking for somewhere to play stanford and cal trying to figure out where they fit now washington state oregon state trying to figure out where they fit in the wake of oregon and washington today announcing that uh, they will uh, seek membership in the big 10 conference greg Byrne is the athletic director at alabama he worked at Oregon. He worked at Oregon State in the athletic department. His father, Bill, was the athletic director at the University of Oregon back in the day. Greg Byrne went to Arizona State as a student and formerly served as Arizona's athletic director. 
Greg Byrne was the AD at Arizona, while Larry Scott was the Pac-12 commissioner. There are few people more qualified to talk with greater depth and expertise about the Pac-12 conference than our next guest. Greg Byrne, Alabama Athletic Director, joining us. I got to know what your reaction was as you saw the news this morning. Yeah. Hey, John. Um, you know, I, listen, each school has to do what they think is right for their institution, and I get that very much. So I'm not – I'm uh, – as, a, as an AD, obviously, for quite a while now, um, you, you have to make a lot of tough decisions. Some of them are popular, some of them aren't. And, uh, and when you make decisions like that, it's, it's just not you as the AD. It's your president, it's your board, all those things. But it, you, you just went over some of my connections to the Pac-10 and Pac-12. And, you know, I did grow up in that league. And, heck, my brother went to Stanford. He was a smart one out of the two of us. Um, you know, I, I, I was sad to see it. And, uh, you know, I just sad that um, – a really good conference with a lot of great people uh, aren't going to be together anymore, and and that's that's as, as a as a person that uh, cares about that that those those institutions and and that conference, I think it's sad to see. But I know I'm not alone in that. I think there's a lot of people throughout the country that uh, you know care about college sports and want to see it be viable from one end of the country to the other. And uh, and so there was, you know, I think just overall, I was talking to my wife last night, who's from Junction City, Oregon, and we were talking about the whole situation. And, and obviously, I know not everything's 100% official yet, but it certainly looks like it's headed that way. Um, you know, there's just, there's sadness to it. There is, and I think, you know, a lot of people weighing in today, Greg, about, you know, their affiliation and their memories and their traditions. And, like, you grew up with your dad as the AD at Oregon. You worked in different athletic departments and, uh, you know, I'll get eventually to what you think went wrong for the Pac-12, but just, you know, your memories as a, as a kid in, in what was the Pac-10 conference with a dad, you know, in a high-profile job. Yeah, I mean, back when my dad became the AD and I think it was 1983, Oregon didn't really have two nickels to rub together. And he used to wake me up in the morning and say, put on your work clothes, and we'd go down and paint the hallways at Mac Court, or we'd uh, paint parking bumpers out at Austin Stadium when there was just a big gravel lot. And, uh, and he, you know, he's probably breaking all sorts of child labor laws back then. But it was, uh, it was, yeah, I had great memories. Uh, Brady Brooks, who was Rich Brooks' son, he and I would always ball boy for the visiting team at Austin Stadium. And uh, you know, I, m- I remember the zero-zero tie with Oregon State, the Civil War, and all. You know, there's there's a lot of memories out there. And so, in and for our vacations, we'd often go to other Pac-10 schools and and travel that footprint. And uh, it was it was a great childhood and growing up in that in that area and I certainly uh, you know I was already a college athletics fan before my dad became the AD at Oregon but you know my time during some very formative years of my life was influenced heavily uh, by by the experiences within that conference and and it, and it still can be for people it's just going to be different uh, but uh, have great memories across the board and I remember going to the Pac-10 tournament basketball tournament when they were it was at uh, Poly or when it was at McHale and Arizona State as well and those were a lot of fun times and great memories and and you know it's evolved with it being in Vegas that was a good good spot for it um, but uh, you know those memories are going to be different now for for generations going forward. Greg Byrne with us Alabama's athletic director uh, you were at Arizona as I mentioned as AD and you know Larry Scott is the Pac-12 commissioner and, and you know we've talked to people like Chris Hill the former Utah AD and Bob DeCarolis who was at Oregon State and Bill Moose who was at Oregon and you all sort of worked with Larry Scott um 
the path to this moment feels like it started in that era. What was that like, and what? Where do you think it went wrong? Oh, there were some there were some good things going on um, initially during that time, and and um, you know I we got ahead of some of the other conferences, and uh, and I and I remember thinking when that happened with my ties with the Southeastern Conference because I had come from Mississippi State before I went to Arizona. I remember thinking, well. The SEC and the Big Ten, Mike Slive, Jim Delaney, and then Greg Sankey, they're not going to just sit back and say, oh, I guess they're ahead of us. I knew they would get very competitive. And one of, one of the things that um, I think the SEC, and I've, I've never worked in the Big Ten, so I can't say anything with that, but uh, the SEC does a really good job of staying focused on supporting the institutions and getting resources back to the institutions so you can then reinvest in your athletics department and your student athlete experience and your you know giving high level coaches all the different things that it takes to be successful and um, there are a couple of us that were concerned about spending decisions that were being made and that would ultimately impact the revenues that could get to the comp to the institutions that would impact our ability to be competitive on a national landscape. I'll, I'll give you just a, one example. The revenues you get from your conference office, the revenues you generate off of your football and men's basketball and different revenue streams, um, that directly impacts how many uh, academic counselors you're going to have, how many trainers you're going to have in the training room, in the medical support you get, the nutrition that you do. You know, when I came to Alabama, just like from a nutrition standpoint, I think at that time we had five full-time dietitians on our staff here at Alabama. At Arizona, we had half. We had one that we shared with campus. It was about 50%. And I used to explain to the conference office that, you know, everything you can do to get those resources to the campuses gives us our chance to succeed. And and there just wasn't a lot of interest in hearing that. And and uh, you know, Dr. Hart, who was our president at Arizona at the time, she really was supportive of those of of trying to maximize the resources for the institution. And when the athletic directors would bring that up, and especially a couple of us, we basically were told to go, you know, pound sand. That it really wasn't, uh, it really wasn't um, um, taken taken very well. And so, um, now I left in 2017, so I've been gone, you know, six and a half years now. So I don't, I can't certainly speak what has happened in, in recent years. Um, but but I knew that in our competitive environment in college sports that was going to have an impact on competitiveness because, you know, here at Alabama, we recruit California for a lot of our sports, and we've gotten a lot of California kids. I was at meeting with our soccer team this morning, and, you know, I think we have a couple kids from California, at least out west, on our team this year, and they come and see this, the experience that they have here at Alabama, and it's really good. Uh, and and that that impacts your ability to support your kids and, and support your program overall. And then I think that has an impact on that. So anytime we would bring some of those things up, they're they're just it it didn't go very well at times, John. Greg Byrne with us, Alabama athletic director. The uh, the decision with the Pac-12 networks to become a media company um, as that was unfolding, I know there were a lot of promises that were sold, a lot of upside revenue that didn't ever materialize uh, at the time, though. Was there excitement around it? Did did it feel like this had a puncher's chance to work out? Yeah, at the time, I think we were we were all bought in and trying to 
to promote it. I remember all of, a lot of the ADs were asked to do an ad to support the Pac-12 networks and you know change your cable provider and because with the standoff with Directv and uh, there was um, you know we we thought that was the right thing to do. We wanted to be supportive and we did that and and obviously. Uh, you know, you were, we were all in. We made that commitment. We, I, I remember reading stuff about, you know, that there was a low, a medium, and a high on projected revenue with the Pac-12, and, and I think there was some discussion whether that was ever um, basically told to us, and it absolutely was told to us. Um, that was something that we were trying to figure out from a budgeting standpoint, how we move forward as as individual athletic departments, and and. Uh, and when those things didn't become a reality, it put all of us in a really tough spot. And uh, and so, uh, you know, I think as that strategy um, was beginning to have have some holes in it, I I think um, there probably was a doubling down at on it, and uh, and that created uh, and that created further challenges. And and so, you know, I can't speak for the last few years, but uh, you know, during that time, that started to be questioning about what uh, the impact was now you know listen though you make I've, I've made bad decisions and so we any anybody that's in a leadership position is going to and but what you also try to do is when you have you know challenges that come along and you realize that maybe you aren't on the right path what can you learn from it how can you grow and um, and so there would be there would be times as athletics directors and, and there was you know like I said dr. Hart was very supportive uh, you know that there was the uh, there was the interest to uh, try to try to see if there would be different paths and 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 I think I, I, I don't know George uh, Kliakov but uh, other than saying hello to him but you know I, I think there was probably more uh, dialogue and openness to that and that was probably healthy um, but you know just it is where it is now and I think it was a combination of a lot of things over a long period of time that's put some athletic departments and institutions in a tough spot, and I and I feel for everybody. There's a lot of fans who are not comfortable losing the tradition, the nostalgia, the geography. It feels like semi-pro football. At Alabama, you're competing at the highest level. At the SEC, you're competing at the highest level of college football. What is this going to look like 20 years from now in your mind? Where is this headed? That's, that's a good question. We're obviously spending a lot of time talking about it and seeing what it looks like. Obviously, the last couple of years, there's been the perfect storm. There's been the transfer portal and NIL on top of it without a lot of uh, parameters around it. I know people have you know, been critical at times about leadership in college sports, and some of it's deserved. I, I, I recognize that. I also can tell you as a, as a person that's in an athletic department with 21 teams, uh, 650 kids, and we have a, a, you know, we certainly make a profit with our football program. We make a a, a a little bit of a profit with our men's basketball program. You know, we have 19 sports that that costs a lot of, of resources for us as an institution, but we're committed to that. We're committed to broad-based programming, and so what it will look like, I think the evolution is happening. Today was a big step in that evolution. What I just hope, John, is that we can find a way to make sure we continue to have a lot of sports for a lot of kids and have those opportunities to bring everybody together under the walls of an athletics department. It's, even though there is a business side to it, there's no doubt. Um, there, there is, there is a, um, there is, there is something about college sports that you can't capture anywhere else. And what I don't want to see, and I'm concerned about, obviously, you know, right now what, what it looks like for Oregon state, Washington state and the, and the Bay area schools, um, 
is that going to impact how many Olympic sports schools can have? I, I don't know. You know, that's that's they're going to they're going to have have those things to look at. Uh, but I I hope that there can be a way that we can find a balance there between having the ability to compete at the highest levels, which is what we want to do here at Alabama. We're committed to that, but also having the ability to be competitive across the board and have a great experience for student athletes. You know, when you have all the programs that we all have. Greg Byrne, Alabama Athletic Director. Uh, I'll cut you loose soon. I just think you're such an important person to have with your perspective working and being around the conference so much. And, you know, there have been other pushes and other times where re realignment was flirted with. Can you remember at your time at Arizona, other instances like this where boards were meeting and presidents were talking? And you know, I can't remember media being this involved and the public being this involved, but certainly there were other discussions. Yeah, it was, it, there certainly were. I mean, uh, back when the Pac-10 became the Pac-12 and almost became the Pac-16, uh, that was uh, an aggressive stance that Larry took, uh, and the and the presidents, I think, were supportive of it. And then, you know, it didn't happen with Texas and Oklahoma and the different schools and ended up with Colorado and Utah. Uh, so that was a very um, unstable time, I guess, the best way to say. I, I know the Big 12 at that point was, was concerned about their longevity, and, and they were able to survive, and you know, Bob Bowles became in and, and stabilized it. And, and then when when Texas and Oklahoma came here to the SEC and that got announced, I think Bob did a really good job as the commissioner and jumped in and, and got four schools right away to stabilize uh, you know some really choppy waters at the time. You know, and what you what doesn't get broadcast and published a whole lot is there's sometimes other you know behind the scenes conversations that take place, and, and uh, you know when you're uh, when you're geographically at a place that you know touches other conferences or, or close to it, you know you, you're naturally on that radar screen, and so uh, for for some other conferences at other times, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's it's happened. Over the years, I think the you know who knows what there will be in the future. I, I really do hope there can be a stability going forward for a while, because I do think that's healthy for the enterprise of college sports. But uh, there's always that uh, there's always that that risk of, of instability, and and uh, just because again, not I'm not here to criticize any institutions. They you know they have to do what they think is best for their school, and I respect that very much. Um, and but I but I do hope that there can be some stability. Let me ask you, you know, you don't have to speak specifically to any of the schools that are left, but, you know, it looks like Arizona State and Utah are chasing Big 12 membership. It looks like uh, Oregon State and Washington State and Stanford and Cal are plotting their next move. But, you know, for the fan bases who are listening that, you know, may not have a home yet in Pullman and Corvallis, um, you know, that's that's a scary thing for them. What do you say to those fans as as an AD who's, you know, knee deep in this business every day. Well, I think I I I, uh, I know Pat Chun, the AD at Washington State, and Kirk Schultz, their president. Um, we used to be at Mississippi State together, and I, I know Scott Barnes, and I don't know the president of Oregon State anymore. Uh, and I I, I, know, I Jonathan Smith was the quarterback when when I was the fundraiser at Oregon State in the in the late nineties. So it's a bit fun to watch him evolve to where he is. You know, you got some really good people in some really important positions there. And I, I think they'll do their very best to try to stabilize uh, their their individual institutions and make the best decisions that they can to put them in the best possible position going forward. And I know that was what they were already doing uh, beforehand. Um, and uh, you know, I certainly uh, you know, I, Justin Wilcox, 
you know, at Cal, I've known him since he was in grade school. Um, and, you know, I, I hope there, there's some really good people in those positions of leadership there, and they'll they'll do the very best they can to put their comp, their schools and institutions in the best possible position for success in the future. Greg Byrne, thank you for your time and expertise. I wish you the best. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. There is a voice from the SEC. Um, look, I hope you appreciate the, the depth of guests that we bring on the show. You've heard from Greg Byrne who's worked uh, for most of his professional life in and around the Pac-12 conference, Pac-10 conference, now on to the SEC. He's seen major college athletics from every side, give you a perspective maybe you didn't have. You heard from Peter Courtney, the former president of the Oregon Senate. I want your phone calls from now until the end of the show. I'll give you my input on what Oregon State and Oregon should do. I'll share it next. I want yours and your reaction. 503-417-7575, University of Oregon speaking out. We'll have sound from them. Washington State coach Jake Dickert uh, learned in real time, sounded like a lot like the callers on today's show who was kind of reeling, guy who'd grown up around the conference, disappointed in what is happening. Um, Oregon and Oregon State uh, have played in a Civil War football series that's one of the longest standing rivalries in college athletics. Oregon says they want to play those games moving forward. Will Oregon State sign on for it? Do they have room on their non-conference schedule to play those games? Is there room in the Big Ten for Washington State and Oregon State? We can talk more about that. From a media perspective, probably not. But I'll tell you the moves that I see for the Cougars and the Beavers next, plus how I think Oregon will fare in this new Big Ten conference world that they are picking. 503-417-7575 is a number. Leave it here. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, we got a fast-moving show today. I don't know if three hours is going to be enough to digest this. You can read me at johnconzano.com. You want to know uh, what I, uh, my reaction, how it went down this morning. It was uh, whiplash as it looked for a spell like the Pac-12 conference was going to pull a rabbit out of its hat. The uh, presidents and chancellors believed that they had the nine votes until they did not. They did not have Oregon. They did not have Washington. And all of a sudden, they don't have a conference. Anna's popped into the studio. Anna, just your quick reaction, and let's get out to the phone lines. Uh you know, I thought it was interesting explaining it to our young girls that are seven and nine years old. They've been to a couple rivalry games and um, enough to know what the Pac-12 is. Obviously, they live in our household, and they were sad about it. They were sad that this is how it's all going down, and they were adjusting to the new normal. The nine-year-old yesterday, I said Pac-12, and she said, you mean the Pac-9? She knew that mm-hmm. she knew that it had nine teams. Yeah, was uh, really tuned into it. I talked to officials at San Diego State and SMU this morning. Both believed that they were likely expansion additions, and if the Pac-12 had stayed intact at nine, it was likely that San Diego State was coming in at the, as the tenth team. San Diego State was waiting for the call. It was going to be not only ratifying the grant of rights, but it was going to be the addition of San Diego State to 10. And if somebody got squirrely, let's say Arizona decided to leave, 
SMU believed it was in as well. It would have been San Diego State and SMU to keep the conference at 10. You understand that? Yeah. Okay. You're grasping that? Uh, I want to go to the phone lines. 503, you are on hold. The lines are jammed. I don't need to give the number. Mark's in Portland. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, how's it going? I, I'm ready for football, John. I mean, it's it, to me, the, it was the Titanic hit the iceberg when USC and UCLA left, as it turns out. That, that sprung the leak. The ship was sinking. Colorado jumped. Arizona jumped. Other, you know, Utah, Arizona State were talking about jumping. So people that are calling in and blaming Oregon, including the lawmaker, they were forced. Uh, it's like you're you're mad at them. You're, it's it's like the band members, uh, Oregon State, you know, yelling at Oregon for getting off a sinking ship. You know, it's it's it was sinking. They made the decision to go to the Big Ten. We, you know, they wanted to stay in the Pac-10, Pac-12, but USC and UCLA is where you should be pointing your anger, in my opinion. I I knew that Oregon and Washington were going to land somewhere. I was talking a couple days ago about Oregon State and Washington State. It's unfortunate, but. You know, it's not Oregon's fault. They were forced into this move. And, you know, uh, I, I, I'm i excited. I think it's going to be like every other week. It's going to be like a Rose Bowl type of game. And, and uh, we're going to develop new rivalries. We're, I think the two biggest rivals that Oregon have are Washington and soon to be, if not now, USC. That's going to be a big rivalry in, in the yeah. new Big Ten. So I'm excited. Yeah. It's like, get over it. You guys lost a girlfriend. Move on. To the next, there it is. To the next Mark. phase of life. <laughs> but would you feel differently if you were an Oregon State fan? Uh, I'm not an Oregon State fan. Yeah, so see? <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> see? Yes. The answer is yes. You would feel differently if you were an Oregon State fan. Um, yeah, I think there's a loss of nostalgia. I think, you know, I've talked a lot about the path that college football wants to take. I also think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see Oregon truly – attempting to compete on a different stage and yeah you know, week in and week out of the big 10 conference have covered that conference um you know that conference is now added of course oregon oregon state ucla usc excuse me uh, washington and oregon and ucla and usc in the last cycle um there are very few mulligans in that conference right now it was interesting again going back to the conversation with our daughters because you know, sometimes you explain stuff to your kids, and then it makes more sense to you as you're talking to them about it. And their number one question was, why? Why did this happen? Mm-hmm. And I paused for a moment, and I said, it's the money. It's, it, it, that's all it really comes down to. It's the money, and Oregon thinks that, you know, it has a brighter future by being part of the, the Big Ten, and Washington went with them. Oregon and Washington will enter the Big Ten Conference, according to Adam Rittenberg of ESPN, at a reduced revenue share of $30 million a year on top of the travel expenses that they're going to incur. I'm uh, wrestling with that. Less than the Big 12 Conference distribution. And this was a Pac-12 math problem that didn't, you know, people were saying it didn't pencil for UCLA at $68 million. Uh, I'm wondering how that's going to work for Washington and Oregon. Let's go to the phones. Andrew's in Portland. Andrew, go ahead. Hey, John. I just can't stop thinking about how much this decision affects people like me who make less than hundreds of thousands of dollars or, you know, millions of dollars. Um, I think about the student-athletes who this affects and how many transfers are we going to see 
after this coming year. How does this affect recruiting? Like, Research Stadium is just getting completed, and now they're going to be making what, like, go from expected $30 million to 4 or $5 million per year in revenue? Like, what does that do to all the jobs that are going to be cut in the department? Um, I just feel like this affects so many more people than just the decision makers, which is, to me is really sad and just makes me want to turn off the college football from here on out. Yeah, I think you're not alone. I think there's going to be a, quite a few people who feel that same way. I wrote a, I wrote twice today. I wrote this morning on uh, kind of what happened, what went down behind closed doors. And I followed up with a piece uh, about um, the Presbyterian Church in Pullman that is located three blocks from Martin Stadium. They sell parking spaces on game days in their parking lot. The youth group gets the funding from those parking spaces. And the pastor says this is a really sucky day for the youth group and for the church because he is concerned about the impact of potential relegation uh, for Washington State, the impact of revenue generated by the parking lot on game days because the youth group is funded with uh, revenue from the from the parking spaces. And so he's left going, hey, there's a peripheral impact to even the church youth group who won't see USC and UCLA, which they get $40 a spot or $50 a spot for, may not see Oregon, might not see Washington in the Apple Cup if it isn't scheduled. And, you know, maybe they end up in a glorified Mountain West conference where, you know, they're only able to sell the parking spaces for 15 or $20 a pop. And he's concerned about the revenue loss there. There are game day jobs. There are, um, you know, gift giving to the university rises when you're in a Power Five conference versus not in a Power Five conference. You have enrollment that rises for Power Five conference schools that get promoted and, and sinks for those who are demoted. There are some peripheral impacts, I think, that people don't think about. Let's go to Matt in Portland. Matt, welcome to the conversation. Hey, John, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I just kind of disgusted by this whole thing, just, just disgusted. I think uh, been listening a lot over these past few days, and, you know, you hear people say things, and it just sort of sticks like a nostalgia thing. Like, nostalgia's dead, you know. Nostalgia's gone. And it's not just Oregon, Oregon State, and rivalry. Like, the nostalgia of college athletics in general, just the taste of this thing is so bad. And it's like the folks who like it, like, great, but it's, it was interesting. Another I heard, he was like, well, I don't have a team, so this is great. And it was a really interesting perspective. Is like, it takes away from team and any sort of interest. It's like, well, just what's the best game on today? And that's great, but it just... And that's just one of many things. The whole thing is just really disgusting, and I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah, Utah is uh, – appreciate that perspective. Um, Utah is looking for a spot in the Big 12. Board of Trustees at Utah will meet this evening at 6 o'clock, 6.30. Stanford and Cal uh, – Cal has issued a statement saying they're aware that two more members have decided to leave. They, they noticed. <laughs> and uh, they – Cal, uh, checking in. Cal Hi, is Cal. awake. Cal hey, is Cal. alert. Um, they're exploring their options, um, you know. So I, I think uh, uh, I, I think that you know Cal is aware uh, is is the big news. Um, also, uh, you know, you've got 
Stanford in in Stanford's possibly headed towards being an independent maybe or do they join forces with the others and and then here's an aside okay I'm just gonna step into the role of like diehard college football fan who just appreciates a good football game get to see Oregon play USC again get to see Oregon play UCLA get to see uh, matchups like Ohio State playing uh, UCLA Ohio State playing Oregon um, I think there are some fans who are going to enjoy seeing the best teams play the best teams or the biggest brands play the biggest brands. I, I don't think that should be lost here because I think there's a faction of the audience that is listening to all of the lamenting and all of the, um, you know, sort of catharsis that is happening among fans who are, you know, talking about the loss of nostalgia. And they're going, well, wait a minute, you know, isn't sports supposed to be entertainment? Let me play devil's advocate. Isn't this supposed to be about creating the best matchups and the best brands? Additionally, I mean, I think if you look at it from a pure business perspective, if the Pac-12 were healthy, if it were a healthy entity to begin with, this would not have happened. Like that's kind of, there were holes in it. It was like, it was becoming Swiss cheese. So it was, you know, they were trying to pull it together. Um, I think Mark was right. The first step was USC and UCLA leaving, and that was your first indication that this entity as a whole was not a healthy enterprise. And this is what happens. I mean, when you look at the business world, when you have an organization that is not financially sound, it becomes ripe for a hostile takeover and that's essentially what this became yeah i think you're you're right about that if it's it was it was healthy um you know you don't have this problem to begin with let's go to harlan who's on i5 harlan welcome to the conversation john yes john hey thanks yeah yeah you bet you're on you there yeah i'm here you there all right yeah, gotcha. Okay, sorry. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, uh, so my son, we wake up this morning and... Yeah, I'm here. You there? Yeah, I'm there. Uh, turn off your radio. Turn off your radio and let's have, turn it down and let's talk, okay? You got to do. You gotta turn off your radio because there's a delay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> All right, you're on. Your son, you were watching it this morning. Uh, I understand yeah. your son Your your son is a commit to Oregon State Baseball, is that right? Correct. Yeah, we woke up this morning. Today's moving day. We're going to Corvallis. He's behind me in his rig, so I'm by myself. And the truck pulled his stuff here, and, and, and we learned, you know, what we learned this morning. Uh, so, uh, you know, kind of just the day that was, you know, it's, it's a you know, kind of detract from the day. This was, uh, you know, going to be a joyous day. It still is, but, uh, you know, this is a gut shot. I'm, you know, I grew up a Pac-12 fan, and, and uh I moved around a lot. I wasn't raised, you know, a, a Husky fan. I live in Seattle. I wasn't, you know, not a Beaver football fan, big Beaver baseball fan now for, you know, since he got recruited about three years ago. Uh, but this, I just, you know, for the whole con, you know, I just, I just, I feel sick about it. You know, it, it, it uh, this is just, uh, this is a tough day. And, uh, uh, you know, if, uh, if a Pac-12 team is playing in a bowl game, I've always been for that team. And, uh, to think that there's not going to be a Pac-12, uh, you know, after next year, it's really just unimaginable. I, I can't believe that that uh, you know the powers that be let this happen. You know, I think the point that the Pac-12 was weak and it got 
you know, got they got uh, you know kind of got uh, uh, plucked because that's you know all that's valid. But uh, one thing I wanted to say, John, was and the reason I called in. Sorry about the, the mess with the volume. I, I was on hold no. for a while. But uh, and and Ad Burns, if I could ask him this, what about the student athletes? If this is, you know, the points been made, this is all about the money. I understand that. There's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. What about, this is all being built on the back of the students that are going to be asked to, if you're, a Pac-12 baseball schedule is 10 weeks of three-game series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. One bye week, so it's 11 weeks. Get your conference season in. How is a softball team or a baseball team? I mean, I'm glad my kid's going to Oregon State and not Oregon. Because hmm. those kids are going to be asked to fly to, they're not going to charter. Oh, no, not the baseball team. They're going to fly to Philadelphia from Portland. And then they're going to board a bus and they're going to drive to Happy Valley or someplace. God knows where, right? And and they're going to be there. What are they going to do? Play six games in a week, and then and they're going to do that three times, or they're going to go out there five times and play three game series and then fly back. That's insane. That's absolutely crazy. When UCLA and USC did this 14 months ago, that was the first thing I thought about. That's crazy to ask non football athletes. Or into golfers, go down the list. A.D. Burns says he's got 600-plus athletes. And they're going to be flying all over the country week after week away from school on planes. And what that does when you're, in, when you're, when you're dealing with inflammation and you have, a, you have a partial injury, you have a sprained ankle, be, ask an NFL player about what airplanes do to you and being in the air for six hours. Yeah. Not healthy. Yeah. You, you can't sleep. You, you're, ask, you're asking too much. They're, they're, I appreciate the call, Harlan. I, I, they're asking too much, and, and calling them student-athletes uh, is a bit of a stretch when, when the, we all know the movement has nothing to do with the student part. Um, George Klyovkov's role in this, we can't ignore it. We've, we've talked Larry Scott. But George Klyovkov losing USC, George Klyovkov failing to see the winds of expansion when Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12. Big 12 was vulnerable. He could have poached schools from the Big 12 conference. Uh, he could have gone to market earlier with a better deal. I think they, when they tried to, when they tried to do uh, a TV deal, it was too late, too much, too late. Uh, took too long. Uh, asked too much patience with the pirates that were in the room trying to make the decisions. Different kind of malfeasance than Larry Scott's. But uh, the combination, clearly now, of seeing what Larry Scott did to the conference and then George Klyovkov, who, who largely remained optimistic to a fault while, while the conference was wobbling, um, is, uh, is going to go down as part of the story here. What does the Pac-12 do next? What does Oregon State do? What does Washington State do? I'll cover some of that, plus your phone calls coming up. 
Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. University of Oregon Athletic Director Rob Mullins and new President Carl Schultz on the job now for just a month speaking today in Eugene. Here's Schultz talking about Oregon to the Big Ten. I spent a lot of time with the trustees where they're giving me, we're engaged in dialogue about how to move the university forward. But there's a common theme to everything that we talked about. And that theme is how do we make the University of Oregon an even better university five years, 10 years, and 15 years from now. Today, we have been granted one of those opportunities. Earlier today, the Big Ten Conference invited us to become a member of the Big Ten. The Big Ten is not only a remarkably strong athletic conference, it is the, one of the premier academic conferences in the country. Indeed, I would say it is the finest academic athletic conference in the country. By inviting the University of Oregon to be a member of the Big Ten, we have opportunity to accelerate our extraordinary record of innovation and success on the playing fields, as well as to enhance significantly the academic reputation of the university. I'm enormously excited about this opportunity and look forward to answering questions along with our amazingly successful athletic director, Rob Mullins, uh, to engage in this conversation. There's John Carl Schultz. Um, the, uh, the numbers involved. Stephen, do we have a quote or a clip from somebody who's talking about the numbers involved? Here is Schultz again talking about numbers. So there are... Are a variety. I mean, there's uh, a number of revenue streams associated with this. There's the partial revenue share that that you mentioned. Uh, there are uh, proceeds proceeds from the uh, football championship uh, series, uh, and then there are other uh, ancillary rights that uh, we expect to control. And so in the first part of the agreement, we will be receiving partial shares. Those shares uh, are commensurate and, in fact, are larger than the uh, media rights that we thought would be attainable through other mechanisms. And then we transition into being a full member over the 10 years uh, uh, of the deal. We anticipate averaging over $50 million just from direct media rights. In uh, that, one of the things I'm really proud about, about the University of Oregon, is that tuition revenue does not end up supporting our remarkable athletic program. And we needed to continue to find opportunities to support the athletic program to keep that the case so we can invest both in world-class academics and world-class athletics and we think this uh this deal provides that opportunity man some word salad there but um you know he, he begins to talk about the cfp payouts and uh the other things that are involved but he ultimately gets to 50 million dollars a year in revenue over a 10-year period of direct media rights in the Big Ten Conference. So they will get partial shares early. But, again, as somebody that was directly involved in the negotiation told me this morning that 
Oregon was trying to take a 20-year view, not a two-year view of what was going on in the conference. Let's go to the phone lines. I want your reaction. Nick, Nick is in Wilsonville. Nick, weigh in. Go ahead. Hey, John. Yeah, um, I have a similar question or thought that as your caller from that was calling on I-5. You know, what does this mean for non-revenue sports? You know, is, is Oregon's women's soccer team expected to fly out for a game at Rutgers or Penn yes. State on a Wednesday? You know, yeah. like, what does that mean for classes? And, you know, are, is the school actually going to fund that? So, you know, is, has there been any insight of what this means for non-revenue sports? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be those sports traveling. I mean, they're, you know, and you're going to hear a lot of talk about the, um, about, you know, how the, how that will be mitigated. Some of it will be mitigated by the fact that Washington's coming along, so Oregon gets a really close geographic uh, partner, travel partner, so to speak. Some of it will be mitigated by UCLA and USC also being in the conference, so now you have a little pod. It's possible the Big Ten's not done. It's possible the Big Ten would look at Stanford now and Cal as potential additions as well, um, or maybe some others. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I talked to the members of the UCLA so men's soccer team prior to UCLA, um, you know, making the move. And I, and I talked to a whole bunch of soccer players. They, were, they happened to be up in Seattle when Oregon State was playing up there, and I was staying at the same hotel as some UCLA soccer players, and I said, what has this been like? And they were like, it's not going to affect us, but it's going to affect like two years from now. Soccer players are going to have to make um, ridiculous trips, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a real toll, but I kind of wonder – Again, we come back to the idea, the phantom idea of student-athlete. I kind of wonder if that's even on the minds of people as these decisions get made. Max is in College Station, Texas. Max, thanks for calling. Hey. Uh, so, yeah, I, I am an Aggie student, but I'm actually an SMU fan, born and raised Dallas area, so that's why I'm calling here. Yeah. What do you think? So, SMU has been on – a pretty similar position to uh, I'd imagine the four left had been before, except uh, not quite as high stature, and but only because of the death penalty. I'll, I'll say, uh, you, I will say this with the playoff. I I wonder, like, is there any shot that they're like, hey, if we put it together, like eight G fives plus the mm -hmm. four left of us, like that playoff bid has value until yes. the big two decide they want to make their own playoff, which I think is coming eventually, but uh, not yet, yeah. probably. Uh, like, do, do the remaining four go, like, hey, if we can get, like, low teams and then we up our revenue through a guaranteed playoff spot because we'd be the best of the rest, guaranteed every year, no matter what, like, is that viable? Like, if you say, I don't know, just take the best AG5s, let's say SMU, Tulane, UTSA, Memphis, Boise, Fresno, Colorado State, and San Diego State, like, is that even worth trying? Or do you think they're just going to go to the Mountain West and play New Mexico and UNLV and Wyoming every year, which feels kind of crazy that they would want to do that when they, they could at least cement their playoffs by, at least cement that revenue? Yeah, I think SMU and San Diego State are in a uh, tough spot, certainly. But I think they were in a tough spot before all this happened. And, you know, and I don't blame SMU fans who look over at what happened with the Pac-12 and go, gosh, you know, that sure looks like a mess. Are we sure we wanted to be part of it, right? Because I, um, I think, you know, what it becomes about for the group of five schools and anybody not in a power 
for conference now is getting to the playoff, getting access to the playoff. If you can get to the playoff, it's incredibly lucrative, and now you are auditioning for a place in one of the uh, major conferences. I, I feel really bad for SMU fan and San Diego State fan. It's a really hard position to be in because, you know, they were just desperate to be part of something, and they ultimately watched the Pac-12 just get mismanaged into a coma. Um, tough day. I think the next week or so is going to be fascinating. Does Stanford become an independent? Does it band together with Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, San Diego State, and SMU and create uh, uh, another wing to the Mountain West? I don't know. Stay tuned on that front. More calls ahead. BFT from the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights. Here's John Canzano with the bald faced truth. Well, the five at five will consist of uh, the biggest story in in the land right now: Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. The demise of the Pac-12 conference. Will it reorganize under a different name? Will something else happen? You tell me what happens. Uh, is anybody willing to stick around as it comes to, uh, as it pertains to the Pac-12? You, you know, will they, in name alone, continue to exist? Gloria Navarez, the Mountain West Conference Commissioner, has to be looking over at Stanford and Cal and going, hey, that's a pretty good media market. We can add value to our deal. But uh, if I'm the Big Ten, I'm also looking at Stanford and going, well, wait a minute. Why not Stanford and somebody else? I want to give you a chance to weigh in. We have so many people who want to talk. But we need to keep it fairly lean. So we'll go like a minute on your comments. That way you can get more people in. And uh, I'm going to take a bunch of calls this hour. 503-417-7575 is the number. Mark in Beaverton, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Yeah, I won't take a minute, I promise, and I'll talk fast. Um, yeah, I've just been listening to you know, the callers today, and then I've been, been reading um, you know, everybody's comments on, on your emails. First of all, I want to say thank you for you know, your constant emails, because I think that's lessened the sting a little bit, you know, instead of just not waking up one day and all of a sudden all of this has changed. And uh, so I think that's lessened the sting. There's so many narratives here to, to look at. I mean, the one I look at the most is, um, you know, the we're treating or we're talking about the Pac-12 like it was a long or like a longtime family member. You know, the Pac-12 is gone. The Pac-12 has passed away. I immediately looked up the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I think that's where we're at, and everybody's in a different stage. I'll admit, I'm already past the first three into depression and acceptance because the email you wrote about the church in Pullman, I mean, that's a sad story. I mean, that could be the same story in a church in Corvallis. I mean, I went to Oregon State, and so I have still have an allegiance there. So it, it's just... But then we look at the positive, you know, we're still going to be able to watch your team. It's just a different conference. It's just a different name. Right. But we're still going to be able to watch them. Are we going to have to change where we watch them? Well, that's a possibility. So, you know, again, I, 
I always try to look at the positive. Yeah. It, it's not like – you're right. It's not like Oregon State and Washington State are going to cease playing football, right? And and it's just that it's a different uh, – it's going to be at a different conference. They're all going to be in a different conference. It'll be interesting to see how that feels differently, you know. And maybe the path to the college football playoff for Oregon State, playing in something resembling the Mountain West, maybe that path is um, – is uh, an easier path. Maybe Oregon State does what Oregon professed to do. Oregon was going to dominate the Pac-12 conference. Now maybe Oregon State does that. I don't know. Um, I'm told by an executive at the Pac-12 conference that they are trying to see who they can put back together to keep that conference going. Would you? Would you? If you were Oregon State and Washington State, would you rather be in the Mountain West or would you stay in the Pac-12? If Stanford and Cal were with you, and keep the Pac-12 brand, or do you shed it from a from a PR's perspective? Oregon State, because there's a perception you got left behind if you stay, mm-hmm. and there's a perception you're in the Mountain West if you go, and you say, okay, we'll be part of the Mountain West. What's the right play for Oregon State and Washington State? Who, um, if I were consulting with them? Yes, you're you're the marketing person. The Pac-12 brand is shot. Yep. And so, uh, you know, I know what people think of the Mountain West. At this point, it might be healthier to just join the Mountain West and shed that Pac-12 brand. Because I know at face value, everybody understands that you were left behind in all of this shakeup. Um, but it would be better to join a different conference and join a different brand rather than be the leftovers of what was left. Totally uh, agree with you. And the fact that the Pac-12 is even saying, hey, they're going to, I said is, you know, (laughs) my question to the Pac-12 was, who's willing to stay, they said, to be determined. And, you know, because everybody's running for the hills at this point, you know. This was a total, this was such a failure. This was a failure of leadership. You know, I wanted to believe in George Klyovkov. I wanted to believe that he could pull this together, especially with his background in streaming and in media rights but it didn't. It did not come to fruition. I I I just don't think he has a job moving forward. He can't. Yeah, I just think when he, is when is the resignation? This yeah. is this is this is abysmal. Yeah. Joe's in Vancouver. Joe, welcome to the program. Hey, John. Um, so I got three generations of beavers in my family: myself, my son, and my father. And you know, I I, I agree with the previous caller about those stages of grief. And I kind of went through this concept of, you know, we use sports as kind of this uh, escape from, from everyday life. We use it to kind of heal things. And, and I found myself, like, thinking, man, I feel, like, really, like, like depressed over this idea of the Pac-12. I mean, I've been there since 1970 and all the games and everything. And, and I thought to myself, you know, we live in this dichotomy of you've got the money on one side, and I don't even think about the money. I think about I go to the games because they make me feel good. And these things are coming in from the outside, just tearing this apart. And then I remember Utah and Colorado coming to the Pac-10. I said, what's going on? And now they're fine. So I feel like I'm getting to that point really quickly today of, you know, Oregon State is going to move on. They're going to still play. Um, I hope they play Oregon. Um, But a question, and I don't know the, the logistics of this, is there any opportunity that they can, like, ride tailcoats and go to the Big Ten 
and split that into two 10-team East and West again and, and break it up. And, you know, two teams from East and West play each other for the championship, and then that goes to the CFP. Um, you know, that's – I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I get I what you're saying. I don't – I don't blame you. Thank you for the call. I get what you're saying. It totally makes sense. Here's the problem with that one. In the old days, and you know, look at the look at the members of the Big Ten Conference now, and look around. You've got Illinois. You've got Purdue. You've got Indiana. You have Minnesota. You have Iowa. There's some small market teams. I was telling Anna during the commercial break. These aren't big cities. I covered the Big Ten Conference. They're like cities that are just far enough away from each other that you can't fly. It's not a great drive. It's not an easy beat when you're covering the Big Ten, you're driving to all those cities. I know, I've done it. Um, But none of them bring major media value. The brands drive uh, the Big Ten Conference value. That's why Fox bought it. And then what did Fox do when it expanded? It grabbed Rutgers, and it grabbed Maryland. It grabbed New York City and Washington, D.C. Not because they were great football programs, it grabbed media markets. Then it grabbed the L.A. schools. It grabbed UCLA and USC. Now it's grabbed Seattle by virtue of the Huskies and a terrific brand with Oregon football. It grabbed a great brand. Oregon State's problem is that it's the second best brand in a market that the Big Ten already has now. And Washington State's problem is Pullman, Washington, while it's like some of the Midwestern towns I mentioned, it's not that different than West Lafayette, Indiana. I'll be honest with you. I've been there. Bloomington. I've been there. I lived and worked there. Uh, it's not that different than those towns in Pullman. But the problem is Pullman is not going to make the Fox executives go, ooh, we have to have that market. And that's the problem with coming along for the ride, if you're Oregon State or Washington State. A hundred years ago, had they joined the Big Ten, they'd be in the Big Ten, you know, uh, seemingly. But the problem is now they don't have the media value to drive what matters in today's world in today's world, it's television. Josh in Vancouver. Josh, go ahead. Hey, John. Thanks for taking my call. I've just got a few things here, and I'll, I'll go through them quick. The first is uh, I'm a massive Duck fan, and I, first I want to say that, you know, I'm, my thoughts are kind of only with Oregon State right now. Uh, I could really care less about Washington State. Um, I guess maybe that's not the right word, but, you know, I'm, I was, you know, born and raised in the state of Oregon, so I'm really thinking about my OSU, you know, counterparts that exist in this region and and this really is terrible for them uh second thought is my you know my thoughts are kind of right now with uh, the student athletes uh you know i've called your show many times we've talked about this many times when this all first came up and the la schools left i i called and i said you know my my biggest concern is the athletes and the student athletes and how this is going to impact them It, it still does like oregon going to the big 10 and getting the better option of all of this uh, th- that that doesn't change for me, and shame on any Oregon fan that's uh, celebrating from the hilltop right now without those considerations in mind, and, and even shame on any Oregon fan that's uh, celebrating at the you know at the expense of Oregon State right now. The one thing I will say, John, is this: is the more that I think through this, I, I keep asking myself what changed, and the only thing that I can surmise in my own mind, and, and this is my own thought is that um, I wonder if the TV deal that got put in front of Oregon and Washington, they were not concerned about the idea of how that was going to impact them long-term, and that probably would have been financially benefit beneficial for them long-term. And I think the plan itself for them wouldn't have been bad. 
what I think could have been the, the deciding factor and steered them away from the deal is the idea that they knew that there was a possibility that through those streaming incentives and escalators, the other conference members wouldn't have gotten that extra money to keep them as long-term membership in the Pac-12. And so I'm asking myself if through all the blunders of Klyovkov in the last year and then the deal he finally put in front of him, if the ultimate question came down to are we going to be right back in the same situation we are two years from now where the Mm -hmm. conference members were promised that they were going to make a bunch of money through the streaming and the escalators, they didn't meet the escalators because the eyeballs and the subscriptions were not on the TVs and they didn't pay for the subscriptions. And now the four corner schools are exiting. Other schools are looking at exiting. And here we are two to four years down the road back at square one. So I don't blame Oregon for making the decision that they did. I'm kind of sick today, John. Like uh, This just changes how I view college sports in general. Uh, it really should change for everybody else. And Anybody that's really celebrating and going, woo, the future of college sports, man, I really don't think those people valued the past as much as they should have Mm -hmm. and what made college sports incredible like it was. So Yeah, I think Josh hits on something there. And, Anna, you and I talked about this this morning that, you know, I had a source in Oregon saying that, yeah, there were concerns about the Apple deal as they were assessing the deal it had some risk. It had, you know, you needed subscriptions to make it work. You needed real, you needed people to, and, and look, keep in mind, you know, we had Greg Byrne, the former Arizona AD on earlier. When the Pac-12 Networks deal was unveiled, what were the members promised? Well, they were promised, hey, certain incentives if you hit subscriptions, and they didn't hit them. So Oregon had been through that, and there was instability attached with it. There's instability and uncertainty attached to that, and the Big Ten offered like, hey, here's a concrete number, and here's who you're going to play. You don't have to go out and worry about not getting subscriptions. Well, and if what Oregon's president's saying is true, and I don't know that it wouldn't be true, he's saying they're going to average $50 million in uh, you know direct media revenue. That is, how can you blame Oregon? I know we've talked nostalgically about how they wanted a clear path to the playoff for Phil Knight, and, you know, that's charming. But in the end, Phil Knight is a legacy guy. He's going to want what's best for Oregon long term. So it's like you're putting a decision before Oregon and the stakeholders there saying, what, you know, what should they do? Should they accept a deal that involves a lot of streaming and risk and Apple TV? Or should they go with, you know, drive up the price as much as possible with the Big Ten and go with what seems like the more solid number. Yeah, and I think you raise a point that I think you can be simultaneously furious with the Pac-12, also heartbroken with what happened, uh, also heartbroken for Washington State and Oregon State and feel their frustration, and simultaneously go, hey, this was Oregon's path, and if you gave Oregon State and Washington State Oregon's path, I don't know that they would have done anything different. Well, conversely, you we the criticism would be on the trustees of Oregon if they didn't go with this deal, frankly. With everything we're learning about how lucrative and how attractive it really was in comparison to what was placed before the Pac-12 CEO board, the fault would be on them to actually not go with the deal. It's almost a bit like their hands were tied. 
Let's go to the lines. Scott in Vancouver. Scott, welcome to the conversation. Hey, John. Uh, really a, a respect for reporting and everything. I agree a lot with Josh. Um, one of the reasons I called, I was just irritated. I was hoping for loyalty. Um, I have been an Oregon Duck fan for years. But, you know, I, I also root for the little guys. You know, I root for Oregon because they weren't really the you know, the big Ohio States and Alabama and stuff like that. We're going to get there someday. And then I've always rooted for the, the Beavers and the Huskies. I hate, I really don't really like the Huskies, but I don't root for them. But with this thing that has happened, I just kind of go like, what is college sports became? Right now, I'm sitting there going like, I can't root for the Ducks. I have, I'm going to go with the, the Beavers. And it, the little guy, and I'm hoping that, that the conference, you know, survives one way or another. Yeah. It is uh, it's just a sad day in, in the Pac-12, and hopefully things will get better. Appreciate the call. can hear the emotion. People are very emotional about this. Steve is in Everett. Steve, welcome. Hey, John. Um I, I'm a Wazoo guy. Uh, I'm the outlier here, and uh, not focusing on this on an Oregon standpoint. But um, I'm hoping you can help me understand, you know, how how we're the ones who are outside looking in, uh, because for the last year it's been everything's going to be fantastic, and it just wait two weeks, uh, and then two weeks, and then two weeks, and then two weeks, and then two weeks, um, and. You know, everybody's probably seen the, the statistic in the report that over the last decade we've got better TV ratings than yeah. all of the existing Big 12 schools and all of the Pac-12 schools who are bolting to the Big 12. So, you know, we can talk about Pullman being a small town, but, it, you know, the, they can accept the 737 in the airport. It's not a big deal now. It's 2023. 20, 20, um, and, and TV ratings are dropping this. We break our TV ratings. So yeah. how did WHU leadership fail so spectacularly? Uh, as to not be able to position ourselves uh, as one of the, the teams moving on and, yeah. and having a landing let, on. Let me hit that head on. I'll hit it head on. I mean, look, if you, I think the narrative when you go back and you look at what the Pac-12 did wrong, certainly Larry Scott deserves his share of blame, but George Klyovkov inherited a conference that was in trouble. He should have been more tuned into the displeasure that the L.A. schools had, how unhappy they were, and how tenuous that was. I said it yesterday and I said it again today I'll say it again today he should have camped on the lawn at USC and set up a satellite office and said what can we do you're an important part of our future you know do you need more revenue do you need a larger share of the playoff the LA market is so important to us and USC and UCLA you're so important to us I'm never letting you get away never should have happened failure one boom you lose the LA schools failure two after you've lost the LA schools Sort of the um, namby-pamby, you know, stumbling around, everything's going to be fine, let's create unity, never mind that Kevin Warren stabbed us in the back, we've got our own alliance now, and now you come to find out none of these presidents and chancellors could be trusted. They were all going to do what was best for themselves. He almost pulled it together in the 11th hour with a shoestring deal with Apple, but you know, as Anna pointed out, you know, as the details of that Apple deal were going to come out, I think a lot of the reporting was going to be, well, wait a minute, Oregon passed on what? And in two years and in five years and in seven years, the Big Ten was going to come calling anyway for Oregon. So it was going to, 
it was probably going to fall apart at some point. So I think George Kuyavkov has got to have a reckoning today for his role in what happened. Even the fact that apparently, I was reading Stuart Mandel of The Athletic today, and apparently the early negotiations that George Kuyavkov had with Fox, he asked for like $50 million a year per school without the L.A. schools. Overplayed his hand. And Fox went, we don't need you. We'll just go to the Big 12. Gave them 31.7, which Pac-12 probably could have had because it had better media markets. It had better schools. Frankly, there's some arrogance in that. And then Fox just boxed him out. They had the Big 10. They had the Big 12. And they went, we don't have to come with a meaningful deal. We'll just wait for you to implode, and we'll pick up the schools that, that we want. The failure did not come just in the last 24 to 48 hours. The failure has been a long-running issue for at least a year and a half, if not more. I'll go back to 2017, with if you want to go all the way back to Larry Scott, 2015, 2017. That's when the deal stopped being good, the original deal and the decisions that were being made started being suspect. John's in Beaverton. Let's go to John. Go ahead, John. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm all right. What's up? Good. Hey, I really enjoy your show and your wife's uh, input. It's just wonderful. I'm an old-time doc, graduated in 70, degree in one hand, draft nurse in the other hand, so I go way back, been a loyal duck for many years. I'm done with the ducks. Um, college football is an absolute joke. It has nothing to do with education. All they do is rent mercenaries for a year at a time until those mercenaries jump to another school. It's an absolute joke. They don't go to school. Uh, what what about Shakespeare? What about Western civilization? What about chemistry? What is college supposed to be about? About developing critical thinking skills and educating people and turning them into good citizens. This whole college football thing is an absolute joke. I'm never going to watch an Oregon game again. I mean, there's no price for loyalty. There's no price for tradition. College football used to be all about loyalty and tradition. I'm an old duck. I love the Ducks because I went there. I had a great experience, studied hard, worked hard. The college football players then studied hard, worked hard, had pretty bad teams, but we loved our teams. We loved our college experience. Now you get these kids out of high school who get a million dollars for, for, for your program. Well, next year, like one year, all the Ducks could be at Oregon. The next year, they could all be at Washington. What yeah. a total joke this whole thing is. We have to blow up college football get back to integrity, get back into tradition, get back into loyalty. And all this money thing, it's all corruption and greed. I will never watch an Oregon game again until they get their act together and get out of this t- absolute nonsense of uh, big television money, which has corrupted. Money corrupts. And there's a perfect yeah, yeah. example of it, John. I'll give you an example of where you can go if you want to just see college kids playing college football. Go see a Big Sky Conference game. I'm telling you, there's a piece of what happens with the Big Sky. Anna and I were there at Big Sky Conference Media Day. And when we left, I wrote a column saying, here's the last place where college football exists anymore. Um, I'm telling you, there's some appeal to that. You can watch Fox and you can see Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, or you can go see a Big Sky game. Um, the stuff in between really, really has lost its way in a lot of ways. I think people are going to be turned off. But it's supposed to be a diversion, for crying out loud. Supposed to be a diversion. Sean's in Fremont, California. Sean, welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call, John. You uh, bet. You know, I've been watching your Twitter line and John Wilner's Twitter line, like 
on pins and needles this whole week. Uh, yeah. Just really upsetting as a lifelong Pac-12 fan. You know, Cal Berkeley is my number one team. USC was always my second favorite team. And I'm just torn, and I really, really disgusted at the way things were handled as far as, you know, not taking advantage of opportunities. You know, when the Big 12 was going to blow up, I was screaming, let's grab some of those Texas schools so we can recruit in Texas and have stability, and it never happened. And people that were shocked by USC's departure, I was not. If you listen to their message boards and how they were talking internally, they've been unhappy for quite some time now. And they kept talking about how Rutgers was going to be making double the money that they were off of their media rights and what a bad program Rutgers was. And it was just inevitable that this was all going to happen. And just the management leadership is piss poor at best. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate your phone call and your perspective. And I thank you for reading and following. And, and you know, Anna, you and I have talked about this. You know, I, I spent a lot of time <laughs> and a lot of effort and energy covering this conference. I will continue to cover the teams and programs in the conference, but um, it's uh, it's been disappointing to see the, even the messaging internally from the conference. It was uh, it was uh, a lot of uh, you know it, it, maybe they thought they had a deal, maybe they thought waiting was going to help them, maybe you know maybe maybe maybe, but in the end um, there was a very easy way to get this done. It was to cut a deal early. It was to play good defense on the L.A. schools. And it was for the presidents and chancellors of the conference to um, not sit back and be academics going, you know, oh, this is going to be okay. There's nothing to see here. We're all unified. There's solidarity. But they weren't you know? really in the yeah. end. In the end, they were watching out for themselves. To each other, that's what they were saying. Oh, to each other and to me. Like some of the actual people in the room who said we have solidarity were people who – all of a sudden we're meeting with other conferences and then and then all of a sudden not responding when i was reaching out to them you know it was uh really disheartening to see that i don't i don't think anybody can be trusted in this stuff i really don't in the end um let's go to let's go to uh pat who is uh in uh in mclaughlin boulevard that's very specific hey, pat. Hey, how are you hey, hey john i'm really really glad to talk to you i mean you know obviously it's it's a little you know, I, I don't think people are being pragmatic about this, John. I really don't. Um, this, um, first of all, people have a short memory, including me. Uh, this has happened before. Back in '59, when when they had, you know, it's a different circumstance when UCLA got into that um, in, into that problems with the NC2A, and at that point they kicked uh, Oregon, Washington State, and Oregon State out of the Pac-10 or Pac-8 at the time, and it turned into the Pac-5. And a couple of years later, of course, they brought them back in. But it, it, they, they've always seen these. And Oregon, of course, because of Phil Knight, has been able to come up to where they're good enough now that they wouldn't have got kicked to the curb. Without Phil Knight, uh, he's, you know, Oregon's gone too. And, but I think that people say that, they, that money isn't important. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, you, you look, you know, you're trying to, you know, compete nationally. And some schools are getting seventy-two million, and you're getting twenty. I mean, come on, um, uh, you know, John. They had to leave, and I appreciate everybody, you know, saying I'm not going to watch another game. And I've heard that so many times with baseball and the NFL, and over and over and over again. People always do, and uh, you know, I, I just I don't know how competitive Oregon. I'm a big Oregon fan. I'm not going to deny that. I am, 
And uh, I just don't know how competitive Oregon will be in the Big Ten. But, you know, I look, I look at that Big Ten roster, and I don't, I don't see that many great teams up there. I mean, you got, you got the top ones, Michigan, Ohio State, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I, I'm hoping Oregon will be competitive, and yeah. maybe we'll still be able to play, you know, uh, UCLA and, and USC, too. And Maybe. Uh, in, in, what's that? Maybe. In, yeah. in, in I, the end, you know, it may be that, that if Oregon State and, you know, Washington State and, and, the, and the California schools can get together, they might still be able to find a way to get into the playoffs. And maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, I still think, you know, look, it's not the end of the world. I think that's what you're getting at. And, you know, um, Oregon says it wants to continue its rivalry with Oregon State in all sports. Um, Oregon State Athletic Director Scott Barnes telling Nick Daschle, quote, to be determined. Um, really long day for Oregon State. Uh, Stephen, do I need a break here? Let's take a break. We'll be back with more of your phone calls. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, we're, uh, we're having a catharsis on the show today. We're talking about what it means for Oregon. Uh, for Oregon, look, it's a, it's a path to the Big Ten Conference. It's a seat at the big table. It's uh, ensuring survival. Uh, I understand why Oregon did what it did. Uh, I don't know if it's in the best. I, I don't think it's in the best interest of student athletes. I think it would have been better to try to find uh, its own path in the Pac-12 conference. But, I, you know, they're not running the conference. Oregon's not running the conference. So I don't really know ultimately what, uh, what you do, you know. What do you do if you are, if you're Oregon? You can't, you know, you can't say, all right, we're going to take over management of the Pac-12 conference, or you know, you can't really say that, but you can say um, that uh, you know Oregon did what was best for Oregon, and I think it's going to be a really interesting exercise to see them compete in the Big Ten. Um, I think it's incredibly tough to get past Ohio State, to get up past Michigan, to get past Penn State, but uh, if this is where college athletics is going, the Big Ten conference and the SEC are they ultimately going to end up like. The NFC and the AFC. I mean, could easily see two 20-team conferences in no room for anybody else. Everybody else playing for the rest of the marbles. For for Oregon State, Washington State, it's tough right now. The Mountain West Conference has to be thinking hard about Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State. Scott Barnes, the athletic director at Oregon State, it, you know they have a budget of about ninety-five million dollars a year at Oregon State. The typical Mountain West Conference. Budget is somewhere around $50 million a year, so it's quite a difference. Um, you have guaranteed contracts for coaching staffs. You have debt service on Research Stadium, although Barnes would tell you that the stadium uh, does not run at a deficit. It's a revenue generator. But is it a revenue generator if you're in the Mountain West? I don't know. Can you, can you sell your tickets for as much? Uh, we'll find all that out. Big college football season ahead. Uh, I think it's going to be really weird to see Oregon and Oregon State play each other and to see the different matchups. You're going to have a Big 12 team, Colorado, at Autzen Stadium playing a Big 10 team, Oregon, in a Pac-12 footprint. And I think uh, you're going to get a lot of bad feelings in a lot of these stadiums. Utah, you know, what? they're going to feel bad about Oregon. There's going to be a lot of people who look at Oregon this season, a lot of Pac-12 fans, who think Oregon's the one who broke the conference up. 
But I would encourage them, too, to uh, point at not just Oregon, but point also at, you know, the Pac-12 conference headquarters. Put some blame here on George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 conference commissioner. Uh, certainly he deserves his share. He, he should not have a job today. He does not have a conference. Joel is in Newburgh, Oregon. Joel, go ahead. Hey, what's up, John? Thanks for taking my call. Lots of J-names today. Loving it. Josh, Joe, Joel, John. Yes. All about it. All about um, it. Hey, two thoughts. Uh, one is, yeah, kind of echoing sentiments uh, with Oregon State and Washington State, but mainly because they don't know where they're going to be for the next six to seven years, not that their programs are going under but just that they're not know where they're going to be. And I'm a Duck fan, and I know where the Ducks are going to be for six years, so that's cool, you know. Um, but secondly, strictly about football, like a lot of looking back today at the great Pac-12 rivalries and, you know, Utah, a budding competitor and, you know, better than Oregon the past several years. And, but also looking ahead and, you know, many good Rose Bowls against Wisconsin and the Herbert game and, you know. A lot of even, memories. You know, Oregon, Oregon is the only team to beat Ohio State at their home stadium in the past, like, 40 home games. So um, lots of intrigue there. And and I think it's pretty unlikely that Oregon's going to face more than one of Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State in any given season. I mean, right. yeah, it's not that's games. I get you. I, I get where you're going. I understand what you're saying. I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how it plays out. Um, yeah, I don't know if they'll play Ohio State and Michigan in the same season. I don't know how often you'll see those teams at Autzen Stadium if that happens. Uh, you know, will you get Penn State at Autzen Stadium once every six or eight years? Is that what this means? I don't know. Bill is in Montana. Bill, welcome. Hi, uh, hi Tom. A uh, Beaver fan. You know, I, I agree with your point about this. I think this thing's going to come down to 40 teams eventually, and so there's, there's going to be a lot of culling going on, even for the Big 12, I think, in the next cycle. So for me, you know, I, I kind of, when you were watching the Barbie movie, I was kind of going through the process of thinking about life in the with the Mountain West and the kind of schools you're playing and really having a sustainable program that's just not on this, wheel of trying to constantly create more revenue and, and keep up with those top 40 teams. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to settling and having maybe, a like you were mentioning, the Big Sky type of experience, game day experience. Uh, maybe maybe this year we'll make a movie as Oregon State has its encore season and they win the championship. Yeah, there you go. Well, Oregon State set up nicely for you this year. Will they play with a little extra fire? That's the question. Gary in Tualatin. Gary, welcome. Hey, John and Ann. Go Ducks. Uh, we knew this was going to happen yesterday. I mean, this this was the no-brainer of all no-brainers. Uh, there's no way they could pass this up, an opportunity to go to the Premier League other than the SEC in the country. Um, when all this started happening, I used to be – I was pushing for the Big, uh, the big 12 – because we could take all the teams and make a super conference that way. Uh, but uh, the EDUC was reporting that the Big 12 offered that to us, and the Pac-12 turned them down. Well, you don't turn down an offer. You take a look at it and see if you can make it work, and then we could have taken the Beavers and everybody else with us. 
Instead, you know, the, the highfalutin Pac-12 uh, decides they're not good enough, for, or, you know, that the Texas is not good enough for them, and this is where we end up. And with what was left, there was no way Oregon could turn this down. They would have, anybody who turned it down should have been fired for just negligence because there's nothing left in the Pac-12. Uh, and, and the best way for yeah, us I, to get to the... I, I, Gary, I think it's simultaneously okay to say Oregon did what's best for itself and also to say, gosh, it really sucks for the loss of the Pac-12. I, I, think, I think this thing has... The reason why I think the calls have been so good on today's show is it has so many tentacles. This thing's an octopus. It literally has tentacles that go, the Pac-12 blew this. Oregon did what was right for itself. This sucks for Oregon State. This is terrible for Washington State. What's Stanford going to do? What's wrong with college football? What's right with college football? Isn't this where it's headed anyway? Like, there's so many tentacles to this thing. That's why I think it's so interesting. I, I, think, I, think, it's, it, I think it's the perfect topic to debate and kick around for that reason. And I think this college football season is going to be, I, I think it's going to be a, uh, an incredible season. It's, and then that's the sad part, isn't it? Isn't the sad part? Cam Rising at Utah, Cam Ward at Washington State, Caleb Williams at USC, Bo Nix at Oregon, you know, DJ Uingalele at Oregon State. Uh, isn't the sad part that nobody's talking about them today or thinking about them? Like they're an afterthought. The football in the backseat because the administrators blew it. That's the biggest thing is the administrators blew it the Pac-12 conference should have had a media deal, should have had should have had unity and solidarity as they talked about, but ultimately couldn't find it. Couldn't get traction, couldn't get footing. 503-417-7575 is the number. I want your phone calls. Cedric in Chicago's holding. Byron in Salem's holding. Uh, lines open. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. We're going to take more of your phone calls in this final uh, 10 or 15 minutes of the show here. 503-417-7575. Stephen, I haven't really given you a chance to weigh in. You've been sitting, you've been listening. Um... Uh, how do you see it? Do you blame Oregon? Let's start there. Does Oregon have any blame in this? No, no blame at all in Oregon. Uh, none whatsoever. I, I don't think I, I would be if I was in Oregon situation, I would do the exact same thing. Um, I, I find it crazy that people would blame them in any way. Um, I think George Klyovkov has fumbled this whole situation very badly. He has been reactive instead of proactive, and it's cost him. And at the end, it cost him. And he's still being reactive to everything. Um, you know, back at Pac-12 Media Day a year ago, he was you know kind of poking fun at Big 12 and Brett Yormark saying we're open for business. And he was poking fun at it, but Yormark kept at it, and he was he was you know proactive in everything he did, and it worked out. And Klyovkov is now just in holding the bag with nothing in it anymore. Yeah, and I think it was really interesting to kind of watch the, it unfold, and I think it becomes a case study in mismanagement. What do you do if you're Oregon State? I mean, if you're Oregon State, I think right now you hope that you can get some type of deal with the Mountain West. I think you and Ann are right that the Pac-12 name is done. Like, it is it is not looked as reputable anymore. 
and you probably just try to join the Mountain West and join that conference. I think that's your best option right now. I don't think there's really any other options out there available. I don't think that the ACC um, or the Big 12 or, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, think, I don't think there's any other conferences that could really take on Oregon State or Washington State. I think they got to join the Mountain West at this point. Let's go to the phone lines. Byron is in Salem. Byron, welcome. Oh, man, that, John, that crushes me hearing that, hearing him say that. <laughs> uh, this has been like a 72-hour football game, man. I mean, it's been ups and downs, and the beeves are driving at Stanford with a minute to go, and then you get to catch off the helmet at the end. That's how I felt when I woke up this morning here, and there was nothing that happened last night. And then yeah. it just gets pulled out from under you. That's yep. the part that, 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 that drives me wild about Oregon. You know, and obviously I'm a Beaver fan, but, I mean, they got everything here, man. They had it. I, I know that USC and UCLA left. That opened the door for them a little better. You can't tell me it's for recruiting because those kids are still going to go to those bigger schools. They're still going to get the same kids they're getting now. They might get a, a bigger uh, – uh, uh, the occasional bigger guy here and there, but that kid's going to leave when it doesn't work out with the transfer portal and nil and all that stuff. And, like, you couldn't stop the bees in the second quarter in the Civil War last year. What makes you think you're going to stop the Big Ten, bud? You know, I mean, it was the perfect opportunity in life for Big Brother to do the right thing. You know, we, we live in a society where the squeaky wheel gets the grease in everything that we do. Politics, personal life, everything. We conform and try to try to make even the waves out. Oregon didn't need to do that financially. If we somebody's got to stay together, and if somebody, if we would have stayed together, everybody in the Pac-12 against the media. I don't know. I I know, man. I know there's so many things behind closed doors that we will never know about that transpired and happened. But dang, man. And it hurts even worse when our football program at Oregon State, Jay Smith is a savior, man. The guy is working a dream. And I can I, – so this takes me to the Civil War. I don't want it. Move on, bud. Yeah, appreciate, I appreciate that. I got I to gotta move on to other callers. So many other people want to get on. Look, this is not Oregon's fault. If the deal was too bad, it would have been irresponsible for the trustees at Oregon to accept the Pac-12's deal. And the lack of visibility, the additional expenses that would have come with that uh, over what the Big Ten was able to, able to offer them. I mean, it comes down to that. Let's go to Rick, who's in Eugene. Rick on Fox Sports Eugene. Go ahead. Hey, John. Long-time listener. Love your uh, radio show. Love the columns. Here's what I have a problem with. And I, and I read a Wilner's article earlier about Oregon kills the Pac-12 or Oregon causes Pac-12 death. I highly, highly disagree with that, and I feel bad for Oregon State and all those other schools, but this was gross mismanagement for years, you know, and if we're going to throw shade at schools and say, who caused the death of the Pac-12, it it would be USC and and, and UCLA because they're the ones that that started this whole domino effect. But you can't expect Oregon, one of the premier college football teams um, in the country, to accept that crazy media deal, um, it, and it wasn't about the money. It's just about the, the conference is getting left behind. And yeah. I, something earlier that said George Klyovkov was presented with a media deal like a year or so ago and turned it down. Is that true? 
he when he initially started negotiating with Fox and ESPN, the Pac-12 conference asked for too much money. They overplayed their hand. I believe they asked for about $50 million per school. They looked at what the Big Ten got, and they said, okay, we are a percentage of the Big Ten. We uh, should have a fractional percentage of that $70 million, $68 million a year deal that the Big Ten got. So they asked for like 50, thinking they would get what, 45, 48, you know, you know, it was a negotiation. But he didn't have the L.A. market. And all Fox did was say, ah, mm, let's go talk to the Big 12. And when the Big 12 jumped in front of the Pac-12 in line, it wasn't the end of the world. But what happened after that was unfortunate for the Pac-12 conference, because what happened after that was the media world started to shake and deteriorate, and all of a sudden it was the economy and the layoffs, and it's a terrible time to be negotiating, and it's particularly a terrible time to be negotiating when you're the only one without a deal. Um, it was a misplay. No way around it. If, the, if it's a chess game, it was a bad move. Checkmate. Cedric is calling in from Chicago. Cedric, Big, 12, Big Ten footprint. Welcome. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Um, two things. First, as being a Ducks fan in Chicago, I'm excited. No more staying up late when they do play over here. And then secondly, I just want an angry commissioner. There's been nothing, you know, no reports, mm-hmm. no nothing coming out. Um, you know, whether it's USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, if this was SEC or somewhere else, people would be furious. And, you know, commissioners here is not. But that's all I have. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you for that. Uh, he's talking about the game times. At least when they play out in the Midwest footprint, maybe you're going to get better game times. But I actually think the Big Ten and Fox are going to use the four Pacific time zone schools to play late games. Steven, you hear what I'm saying there? You're picking up what I'm putting down? I think I think Fox is going, hey, we're going to have that Pacific time zone window and have all we want of it. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, they own it now. So they can kind of do whatever they want. And I think, you know, these teams in the Pac-12 now in the Big Ten and the Big 12, they have to do what they're told at this point because there's no other options. So I'm with you. I I, I just feel like it's, it's funny, John, because we've heard so many callers say, well, this is the this is the spot where the Pac-12 went downhill. And there's been like 10 different ones. I think that's the ultimate problem. There's been so many problems, we can't even pinpoint when it all went wrong. I think uh, it's going to be a case study in mismanagement that people will study for years to come. Um, if you want to read me, i got a mailbag coming out tomorrow. I have two columns up online at johnconzano.com that I wrote today. I'll have more over the weekend. We'll have more next week on this radio show. Um, I want to thank everybody who's participated by venting and calling in. I want to thank our guests, Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, and Peter Courtney, the former president of the Oregon Senate. The Bald Face Truth is out.